Yes, hello, and for the 500th time, I am Jamie Foden, and today it's the Dublin Art 500. I am not alone, I have a pleasure to be joined by the entire Dublin Art team, but before I introduce them, we wouldn't have gotten to 500 episodes if it wasn't for our listeners. So we'd just like to take time out to thank everybody who has either followed us, liked, subscribed, and whatever across social media uh, for 500 episodes. It is incredible uh, that people still listen after all this time for nearly 10 years sticking with the podcast. Uh, not only that, but I couldn't do it by myself. Of course, all the people that have uh, co-hosted on the show, where it will be Dwayne, Jared, Jamie, Francis White, Graps of Rass, Select Match Pod, Henry from Chokeslam, or even our latest, Shay. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention the man who did over 300 shows. And that is... Daniel was travelling tonight on a plane. I can see the red tail lights heading for Spain. And I can see Daniel waving goodbye. Oh, it looks like Daniel must be the clouds in my eyes. So I'm getting emotional as I sing it. But I got lucky, you see. And the next three people changed the Dublin Hub podcast and made it such a better place. But as for me, don't worry because I'm still standing, feeling everything, looking like a true survivor, feeling like a little kid. But anyway, up first by my side for every WWE and AEW show. It is, of course, actually, I remember the very first thing she said to me, and it showed exactly the type of person that I would be dealing with. She said, The path of a righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequalities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is she who, in the name of charity and goodwill, shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his sister's keeper and the finder of lost children. And she will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my sisters. For you will know my name as a lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. It is the fantastic Jaxi Scarlett. How's it going, Jaxi? We're on 500. I absolutely do not remember saying any of that. Uh, but yay, happy 500. <laughs> word for word? I mean, it, it seems, sounds a bit far-fetched for me. Maybe maybe I had drank a bottle of wine and just, you know, spaced. I'm not too sure no, on that no, one. It, it just it, it sums you up perfectly, I think, you know. Hell of a yeah, yeah, of course, definitely, you know. Um, so, yeah, welcome to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, as you can tell from my voice, I am like I slightly have the flu, so uh, please do bear with me if you hear me go on mute to suddenly have to uh, cough. <laughs> what about say? Can you believe we got to five hundred? Of course, your first episode was thirtieth September, twenty twenty. Of course, I can just remember off the top of my head. Uh, it's a double R three ten. So that means in ten episodes, Jack, so you've done two hundred on the podcast. You see, I mean, when when did that time go? I know. It seems to have just flown by, especially with, you know, everything that we've managed to progress with the pod and sort of like in person, 
So, yeah, it's been growing. And uh, it's great to see that we finally managed to make it here. What a milestone. I know we called each other cunts and all this lot, but Jack, see, honestly, it's been a pleasure for doing it with you for nearly 200. <laughs> and like I said, the, the, yeah. what we have with each other is brutal honesty that everybody should have in life with someone, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, again, you know, a lot of people may kind of not like that word, and I apologise for a lot of people that possibly don't. Uh, but it's not always a word that's used uh, in, in hatred or anything like that, but just two friends that really do enjoy discussing, you know, uh, great content and, and just kind of having a good time together. So I feel the same. And likewise, James, it's been an absolute pe- pleasure kind of running um things and co-hosting with you on WNR and I look forward to the next uh, the next year of wrestling to come and, and what we've got in store Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt wrestling has never been bigger or better and it is down to all of us, I'm not going to lie uh, but up next our resident NXT expert and New Japan deity and well Monty, let's face the facts about me and you, it's a, it's a love unspecified, I mean there's nothing gay about it in my eyes you know, um there's no need to clarify. Let's let it grow more and more each day. It's it's like I've married my best friend, but in a totally manly way. I'll be there to care for all the lows. I'll be there to share the highs. I've got to admit, it's guy love between two guys. It is, Monty, how's it going, man? I'm sorry. I've had to come out and admit that. You know, as sweet as all of that was, it was very, very sweet. And you know what the sweetest part about that is? You you did me a favor. After the horrible singing you uh exemplified <laughs> to start this show. It was it was bad. I, it was like I need to take my, my, my headphone out for that one. Like that that's how bad it was. It was like, oh my goodness, he was going for it. Never try to hit any notes of any pitch whatsoever, by the way, James. Please just don't. But yes, you, you, you didn't even sing this song. You just you, you read it, you know, you, you talked to me. That's a much better way to deliver this message, uh, which I'm just going to ignore completely the message behind your song. <laughs> but I do love worse. you, brother. And I, I, I'm, I'm thankful I, to be here. So yeah. <laughs> there it was is one, what it is. I cut the bit out about Chocolate Bear. All right, I'm not gonna lie. Ah, I thought yeah, we weren't please, there yet. You please know? So, don't go there. Don't go. Don't, don't go all the way there. And I gotta tell yeah, you, yeah, I gotta admit, the singer was so bad. Elton John's rolling in his grave, and he's not even dead yet. Not um, even there. Yeah, he's, he's twisting on the outside. He's, you know, you just man. Uh, I just hope I don't hear, hear anything unfortunate about Elton John uh, after that one. Like, no. oh my goodness. We've only got a few songs left, boys and girls. We knew it was going to be music. Come on now. Like, who's listening <laughs> no, no, to this No, 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 no. Do you know it, what I mean? It, who's it, listening to this? As it should be. As it should be. 500 episodes. Come on, man. Like like you said, 10 years to hold anyone's attention for that long, especially when you're talking about wrestling or anything. It don't really matter what you're talking about, but really when you think about what wrestling has been the entire decade, it was some slow periods, man. You started this podcast, in my opinion, during a time that I probably wouldn't want to be talking about wrestling all the time. (laughs) So think about everything you've seen just on on this show. Like, they can use this show as a, you know, just go back in time for a decade and just see all the stuff that WWE on the network or what just the, the product and turning into AEW, into New Japan, into, you know, your, your, your love for Impact. And just your love for pro wrestling in general. It's all it's all it's just it's been an honor this whole time to uh, to watch how hard you work and to to see 
what this show we, we put a lot of work into it, guys. It's a lot of fun, but it's also a lot of work. And somebody who has over a hundred episodes of his own pod, and just I'm way far away from you, and I'm just like, wow, I'm at, But like they don't people don't understand. They just think you can just grab a mic and just talk. The dedication it takes, you know, and what all it takes to just continuously keep going, keep keep wanting to do this stuff. I, like I said, my hats go off to you, man. You're, you're a big influence on what I like doing too. So no, this no, is this is fun. I have to have to give you your flowers for making it this far. Oh, man, that's, that's the nicest anybody's ever been to me. So I'm just going to clip that uh, and listen to it. Yeah, save it for the rest of your life. For the next insults, you know, it'll be fine. But like I said, Monty, you've been here since three eleven. The top and our three eleven takeover thirty one. So we've been watching NXT together since the fifth of October, twenty twenty. And again, like I said, it's it's been some rough patches. <laughs> Read that card off and tell me how different it is. <laughs> now I bet too. Oh man, yeah, we've seen some stuff, man. We've seen some stuff. NXT two point oh was born and died in our in this in this incarnation of uh, you know. So this is like you said, man. It's insane when you think about it, just how much and just how and even me, like you said, just who we are as people. You know, three years ago. Still, I'm still in school and graduate school, and you know, I wasn't yet married. Married now, I'm married. I have a child, and just I, you guys have been here, you know, kind of, you know, on the, in the peer view across the lake, watching me grow. So it's been cool. Yeah, without shadow doubt. But last, but by mo, no means least, we save the best to last. I call when I need you. My heart's on fire. You come to me, come to me, wild and wilder. When you come to me, give me everything I need. G, I'm going to sing now, Monty. Close your ears. You're simply the best. Uh, 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 yeah, everybody. Better than oh. all the rest. Better than anyone. Woo. Anyone I've ever met. Oh, now that. Yeah, I'm stuck on your heart. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh. every word you say, tear us apart, baby. Monty would rather be dead. It is, and I'm going to admit now, it's my favourite. It's Gina. How's it going? You're simply the best. Oh, that was lovely, James. I loved it. Happy 500. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a crazy thing, Gina. We... You know, some people may even class you as new, but your first episode was 392. So you have done over episodes on the podcast now. So, I mean, fair play to you for sticking for so long. Oh, definitely. I mean, I didn't even, it doesn't even feel like that long, to be honest. I still feel like a newbie for some reason. I don't know. But either way, I'm I'm still happy to be here and I'm excited to be on the 500th episode with you all. Well, well, shallow. Now, like I said, I'm sorry it took so long to get into the intro, but you know, it's a 500. We had to do something, uh, and of course, on today's show, we've got the 37th Survivor Series, incredibly, the ninth Survivor Series on this podcast. Uh, but it's 500, so I want to play some games and have some like news and all that kind of good shit. Uh, and we we talked about all of our first episodes. Now, Jaxie, I'll ask you first. Do you, do you I've got do you wanna hear what you sound like the very first episode? And I'm gonna play it anyway, so make your mind. 
Absolutely not, but you're going to anyway. So, yay me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's great. I'm having fun. This is everybody. This is Jaxie's very first episode. Double enough freaking. I, I didn't mean to anyway. Oh, I am James Rodens, and today it's the WNR 310. It's the Clash of Champions 2020. And I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by a very special guest co-host at Jackson Scarlet. How are you doing? Hi there. Good, thanks. And you? Yeah, all good. All good. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, really looking forward to Clashes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yep, well, thank you for having me on the show. Um, yeah, I'm at Jaxie Scarlet, and I'm a co-host for O-Face um, Wrestling Podcast, um, and that's at O-Face Wrestling as well, um, in case you guys want to check us out. Yeah, and of course, check them out. They do some great content there. What was your excitement levels leading into this event before we actually talk about anything? Were you excited? Because I think the paper you came along so soon, it seemed like there wasn't a lot of build. Um, I think personally, um, I, w- I was more, I was less excited, more anxious because, I mean, shortly before they, uh, the pay-per-view started, we'd heard of certain rumours of ma- uh, matches being cancelled. So um, we didn't get to hear much on, on which ones were cancelled, really, until last minute. So it was more kind of nervous, really. <laughs> that wasn't too bad, was it? I mean, it's the politest you and I have ever been, in- been to each other since then, I suppose. Um, I didn't know I could be that polite. <laughs> Honestly. So yeah. you had you had me on a good day First there. I, I, you were I on your best in, behavior. I sounded in a very good mood. So I mean, that's something. Yeah, well, down. <laughs> um, so uh, we'll move on then, because uh, we don't want anybody else's clips, do we? I mean, Jaxie's was enough, surely. That's. <laughs> no, no. To be fair, Monty. through this. No. Monty's next. Yeah, I only put her through it, so no, it should no, be no, no. like this shadow is... bullying or something. Monty. No, no, Monty. No, no. <laughs> Monty, you mentioned this. The, the change in Monty in these three years is incredible. This is like a, this is a different guy. This literally is a different guy. Oh, yeah. Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today it's a dubbing hour 3 11, and it's NXT TakeOver 31. And it's a pleasure to say that I'm joined by the mind of Monty. How you doing, mate? You all right? All right. How you doing? It's your boy Monty G from the Mind of Monty Podcast. I'm happy to be here. Happy to join you here today. Well, it's fun. tonight for you guys. Well, that shadow of a doubt is always great. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your podcast? Uh, well, uh, so right now, currently, uh, I'm 24 years old. I'm a grad student uh, at Arkansas State University in America, and uh, and uh, so in Arkansas. So, uh, I'm I'm a grad student, and I do radio and television. My podcast is strictly wrestling based, uh, just commentary. Uh, comments on the show. Right now we're doing strictly reviews, but I have a couple of ideas to switch it up and add uh, new things, like going to YouTube and doing different types of things, but it's just right now it's just a, a, a grad student who, need, who has extra time, who needs to vent about the stuff that he likes to rest, uh, watch. And, you know, I love wrestling. I've been watching it since I was a little kid, so 
Uh, I think I have an extensive knowledge, not to toot my own horn, but I've watched a lot of it, a lot of wrestling over the years, so I, and I just enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what it's about. It's just me uh, and my uh, fiance who uh, hosts hosts it with me, and she kind of intros and does the uh, gives her commentary when she sees fit. And uh, but yeah, we just have fun and talk wrestling. Well, that's brilliant, you know. It's great. Oh, Bonnie, I've ruined you, man. Think how happy you were about that. Right? <laughs> Sound like a fetus. Too looking back, like who's this kid? Oh God. Uh, I had a, I had an entire stick and everything. I was trying to get over to at the time. I was just. It, it, it's, it's it's funny you say you ruined me, but I just I look back at that kid and I'm just like, man, he was. He was trying so hard when he didn't realize he didn't. Can I just say, I'm glad you don't now say, yo, it's Monty G. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's your your boy, Monty G. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, no, I think that was part of me becoming more natural. And I think that, I think that's what that, I just cringe very, very hard though. So thank you for that. Thanks a lot. Hey, don't, guys, again, don't worry because after Gina, we are going to listen to the first episode ever of the WNR. Uh, so we, we know how bad that's going to oh, be. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be no, interesting. Hey, Bring it on. Uh, yeah. Gina. I am. I no. Am. I'm sorry. No. It's, only, it's only a little clip and Monty can as well. So, again, Monty can hear like hear what he sounded like like eight episodes later. This is like time travel shit. Right. <laughs> You're torturing. James. I thought this was meant to be a fun 500 episode. We're celebrating. We're celebrating. celebrating. Here's Gina. I'm excited. Let's do this, man. We're back live. Hello, hello, everyone. Happy Full Gear night. I'm super excited to be here and super excited at the special guest we have. A very special guest, and last but by no means least, our special guest is Purple Vane, aka Gina. How you doing? Hello, thank you for having me on the show. I'm well, super excited to join you all. Well, it's fantastic to have you on the course. I was just going to say, it's great to have you, but what is your connection to the WNR? So, my connection is my twin sister is Jaxie Scarlet. Oh, dun, dun, dun. So it finally <laughs> happened. We're his twins on the show. Uh, can I just say how, how happy I am to have you obviously both on, but Gina, of course, this is your first time. So kind of uh, what wrestling are you into? So um, I, I was into WWE, but I won't lie, I have kind of refrained from watching that recently um i'm more of an AEW girl now AEW is like my baby oh, i'm glad <laughs> i'll do an AEW tonight god i sound like a twat as well uh but gina that's not too bad come on weren't too bad no i cringed throughout it all i just cringed <laughs> i hate it i hate my voice we all start. Yeah, but do you know what you said? Um, you're more an AEW fan than a WWE, but I feel like that definitely that outlook has definitely changed. I think there's definitely been um, more of an interest from your side of uh, of WWE now as well. You know, so it's nice to hear growth. Yeah, definitely, definitely. 
And like I said, we all put on a slight, you know, maybe posher accent, apart from Monty, of course, when we do the pod. So I, I'm just telling, <laughs> I'm just telling everybody that now. Right back, I've been doing but this for so worse. long. Yeah, <laughs> when I started this pod, it wasn't in 1920s. All right, I, I promise you, this wasn't on radio originally. You sure? I, again, <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. But I can promise this is still only like eight years ago. I'm only going to play a little bit as well, but here we go. Hello and welcome to the WWE Network Review, a brand new podcast. Thanks for downloading. It reviews the WWE Network and see if it offers value for money. My name is James Rowland and I'm joined by my two friends, Dan White and Dwayne. Oh no. <laughs> Dwayne. Dwayne. I thought you said The Rock. <laughs> Dwayne, my, my name is Dwayne The Rock. That's my surname. <laughs> oh yeah, Dwayne Johnson. Spoke the same way, yeah. What, Johnson? Yeah. <laughs> he knows a lot about Johnson. I've, I've heard that. Happy birthday to Dwayne as well. Oh yeah, Jane, you're 14. 29 today. 29 today. I'm a lifelong wrestling fan, and I try to watch as much wrestling-related shows as possible. Now, Dan, you watch all the pay-per-views, and you catch results from Raw, and Dwayne, you don't really know WWE, but you know the basics. Yeah. Now, we're going to try to prove to each other that the WWE Network is worth the 9.99 a month, worth our subscription, and try and get Dwayne to subscribe. But then again, you could convince us to cancel our subscriptions if the programs are bad enough. So we're going to wide range of programs, basically not just pay per views. We're going to do NXT DVDs, you know, stuff on even little things like YouTube, and that will basically just chat about the WWE Network. You don't need the WWE Network to listen to the podcast. Dan, I'm really good friends with you and Dwayne. Tell me more about yourself. Well, move. Fuck that. My editing was on point, wasn't it, boys and girls? Fuck. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> what the fuck? You uh, um, you actually sound young. Right. I actually thought I paid somebody to do that. <laughs> you know what, James? Honestly, when I heard how young you sounded, it do you know what? It sounded like you didn't have a beard yet. Definitely. <laughs> I didn't I didn't you're Definitely. right. You are right. <laughs> why? Well, I don't know I don't know why, but it just suddenly occurred to me. It, fe- it felt like James was recording this and he did not have a beard at the time. I knew I was right. I was clean shaved. Oh my! How did that last, hey? And like you said, any anybody (laughs) listening to that and thinking it's the same show, like, and not to harp on, but you can't be. It's we've had to. I say we as like the WR podcast has had to adapt and change with the times. You know, like an Undertaker or a character like that. You couldn't. You couldn't do that now. Oh, Jesus. That is, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> That's funny. See? Yeah, that very same intro now, people, like, immediately t- tossing headphones, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you have to evolve. But that's crazy. Like you, like they're, they're, I, I have nothing else to say other than that is the youngest you've ever sounded. This show has aged the hell out of you, James, just in the voice. <laughs> Oh, it really is. It really, really is. Um, 
My God, that was fun. Uh, so, yeah, they're all our first, basically. Uh, so we've got the 500, and we are here now. But I do want to play games, but I don't know if this is a difficult game or not. Because I want to play initials, right? Uh, and, again, all everybody you can play, you know, even people listening at home if you want. Uh, I want to give initials, and then I want to see if you can come up with wrestlers' names. Does that make sense for everybody? No. What? Right, so... Repeat. <laughs> right, so the initials. So if I gave the initials B and L, then I would want wrestlers' names starting with B and L, yeah? But the initials have to be B, L. Understand? Like, first and last name, or, or yeah, like, first, just first any... First and last name. First and last name. Okay. So, uh, we'll, we'll start with, we won't start with BL. We'll start with an easier one, which is RR. So, any wrestlers with RR as their initials? Robert Rude. So, Robert Rude, that was perfect. Robert Rude. Ricky Romero, that's me. On eight. Rocky Romero. Oh, yeah, that's the second one, yeah. Come on, it's an easy one. Come on. Oh, Razor Ramon, or was that just that? Yeah, no, Razor that's Ramon, good. yeah. I can't believe one of you not going to see. Pass. <laughs> hey? You want me to say it? Pass. Pass. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, you're passing. Wait, wait, wait. Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey's on there, yep. That's not first, I'm thinking. Yeah, there's another couple of women uh, as well. Another couple of women. There's, and, yeah. There's and a, a really basic women. one. Ruby Riot, when she was Ruby Riot. <laughs> yep, yeah, well, you can take that, but it's still another couple of women. <laughs> um, Think champions. Think champions. Rhea Ripley. There you go. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Oh my God! <laughs> what? Wait, Monty Wayne. Oh my God! Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Let's get Roman out of the way. I only actually know him really as my tribal chief or daddy. Yeah. Give me. I would think for TC. Or BG, like uh, BG, like Big Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. All right, have we got any more, any more names? We've got two more on this list. Brian no. Robin? Look them. What, what did you say, Bonnie? <laughs> Rockin' Robin. There's <laughs> a woman's wrestler. Quite a big woman on the roster. Right now? Yeah, right now. She used to team with Liv Morgan, if I give you a hint. Raquel Rodriguez Rongoles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I, I'm still calling her her old man. Yeah, Gonzalez, you <laughs> so I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I forgot about that. There and you go. The last one is quite a deep cut, um, but he's a guy who's no longer with us, but was huge and one of the few people that was a member of NWO and DX. Rick Rude? Rick Rude. Rick Rude. Bobby's there, yeah. namesake, I believe. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so that's all right, isn't it? You know, that wasn't too bad. No, not bad. No, I wasn't. 
Right, we're gonna try another. No, better okay. communication. I forgot they do say Danny Rains instead of <laughs> Roman. Uh, Come on, man. Yeah, so, <laughs> Monty, forgive us care. for not automatically thinking it. Right. So next one, S M. Any wrestlers, S M. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. M yep. for mother. M, yes. Yes. S for sausage, <laughs> M for mother. <laughs> so we've got Shawn Michaels. Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon. That opens the door. Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie McMahon. Any more? Used to manage Shawn right. Michaels. Used to manage Shawn Michaels. Sherry Martell. Sherry Martell. Yeah. They're one of the shittest wrestlers of all time, Monty. <laughs> In WCW. American football player. Oh, Steve McMichael. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, and last on the list, used to have a Cobra. Oh, Santino Morella. Santino Morella. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I was like, Coco Beware had a bird. <laughs> so random. Right, next one. R for Roger. S for sausage. R Gina, Gina, I'm looking at you. R Rex. Randy Savage. There you Randy go. Savage and Ricky Star. Gina. There you go. Gina. <laughs> um, does Ricky Steamboat count? Yes. Uh-huh. Gina. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Um. <laughs> Gina. Jerry Come on, Gina. Give me a second. Don't put me on the spot, James. Who's your favourite fucking wrestler? I said Ricky Starks already. Good. That was the good. second name she said. Good, I'm glad. Yeah, Sorry, I got angry. I got angry. Sorry, I only heard Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> Sorry, I calmed down a little bit. We've all had drinks, mouth. all right? <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Ruby Soho was on there as well. Yeah. Um, I finished thinking you just gave that away and I'm now I'm mad at you because I would have got that because I got <laughs> So I would have got there. Give me a second. Like, give us warning before you're going to give it away. Okay. Ron we'll move on. We're, mo- yeah, Ron <laughs> We're moving on. That has not worked as well. Right. BL. B for big. L for little. <laughs> big E likes to. <laughs> I've actually already clever. <laughs> <laughs> Brody Lee. Brody Lee. There you go. Brody Lee. Why can't I think of nobody? There's literally like two, there's three of the biggest wrestlers in the world, I'd probably say. BL? (laughs) BL. (laughs) A guy who's been champion at multiple WrestleManias. Oh, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> that does make you feel stupid yeah. not thinking about him. Yeah. 
Obviously. Remember, we're going to be thinking of relevant people like today, James. Right, all right. This other one, just main event of the last pay per view. How relevant do you think? No, I did. Not she was in the, um, in the opening match, didn't main event, but she has main event of WrestleMania's before. Becky Lynch. <laughs> I'm I'm stupid. I was gonna say Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any more, or have we got all of them? Well, I didn't want to say we'd move on, just in case Jaxie had a go at me, but... uh, Oh, wait, 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 Bobby Lashley, Bobby Bobby Lashley Lashley is the... There you go, Bob. That's the three, right? That's the three that you were talking about. Of course. Again, though, it took me a while to get to Bobby Lashley, because, again, he's known as Daddy Lashley, too. I'm just saying. If if it was... (laughs) The rest of the beginning with D... Then we're home and dry, aren't we? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Daddy oh, Rains, Daddy Lashley, Daddy, 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 Daddy McIntyre. Daddy Orton. Yeah. Daddy Orton now. We got Daddy Orton. Everybody's a Daddy. Daddy Drew. Where did we get Daddy McIntyre? No. You know what Big Daddy McIntyre is. Big Daddy McIntyre. That's what we want. Even dad, even Randy has just claimed the name Daddy. I highly doubt that Drew was up there with the other daddies. He's at least there. Big D. We do know that. Yeah, he has big got D. a Big D. I've Next seen him wrestle very closely. Uh, right, wow. so last, oh, wow. it's a 500. Come on. Wow. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> anyway, last one, guys. AC. AC. A for Apple, C for Cunt. Adam Cole. Cole, baby. Adam Cole, baby. Give me a second. Okay. I got this. Hold on. Should I give you a clue? No, don't you dare. All right. All right. <laughs> This is tough. <laughs> well, Monty, you should get two because what they're both in NXT. One still is. I was afraid he was gonna say something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe a small clue. All right, so <laughs> we haven't got all day, so maybe just get yeah. this on this day. Yeah. All right. Oh, Adam Copeland count? <laughs> Adam Copeland, yeah. I, I'm not used to it. That's hard. I'm always telling you. Oh, yeah. Adam, oh, yeah, okay. Adam Copeland. Yeah. Who the hell is the, who's in NXT? AC. Well, it's usually... Who am I tripping? Probably be known as CU a little bit more. As, as the group. How did I miss that? <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. Andre Chase. Why did I your boy from NXT? Name? Yeah. It's like... I forgot his name was Andre. <laughs> I'm calling him Mr. Chase oh, like everybody else. Apollo Cruz. Apollo Cruz. He said that. Well done. Hey, hey. nice. Yeah. He never gets thought of. <laughs> He's listening to this go. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Someone thought of me. Finally. Yeah. Never, never forget Polly. 
And just as the last one, there's no initials, but I was thinking wrestlers with colours in their name. There must be loads, but I can only think of three. <sighs> okay. They're all, they're all uh, AW. <laughs> yeah. Red Velvet. Red Velvet, Sky Blue. Yeah. Obviously. Um, Who else got a colour? The bigger yeah. one. But can we count... Um, can we count... What? Uh, a faction like House of Black. Maybe take them if you want. But sure. I'm sure there's got to be like you know. That's what I was thinking myself. There's got to be more. Gotta be right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Scarlet, who comes out with um. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah, Scarlet. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the big one in AEW with the color Orange the is Orange it's Cassidy. Literally... Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, um, I was wondering about that. Uh, but I thought that was a good game, and I might come up with more. But, man, I mean, I've put you all on the spot there. That took no, me Oh, Amazing Red. That took me days. Amazing Red. I just thought it was Amazing, amazing Red. Amazing Red, that's a good one. There we Impact go. gets no love. <laughs> Do you know what? With my SM, I had Steve Macklin. I thought no one's going to know that. No, no one's going to know that. That's a good point. Steve Macklin. <laughs> There was a few like BL had Buddy Landell, and I thought that is oh, yeah, not, oh that God. is not working. What an elderly reference! <laughs> hey, you heard how young I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it always reminds me of that. I mean, uh, what was it, Lyle Lyle Crocodile? When they talk about how you started off pretty small, but you know, take a look at Snow, uh, just with like small changes as well to get to this point. Uh, and I don't do enough. I love doing games and stuff like that, you know, because it is fun. Uh, but we have, unfortunately, got some wrestling to catch up on. Let's uh, do it. So, well, we've got Raw and SmackDown first. Uh, Raw on November 6th. Seth Rollins making his way to the ring. He thanked Drew McIntyre for not aligning with the Judgment Day to think of a fair match. Sami Zayn showed up. Rollins thanked him, getting in the way of Damien Priest and preventing for cashing in Money in the Bank briefcase, of course, at Crown Jewel. Um... Zayn opted to take the World Heavyweight title shot in the main event coming up short. We get Lemiz versus Bronson Reed versus Ivan versus Ricochet. The four men fought for a shot of Gunther's Intercontinental title. It was a Miz that won. Creed's beat DIY. Told you, Monty, DIY's run is over, man. They're done. <laughs> um, <laughs> we had a battle royale. Was... Did they use them again? Sorry? Did did um DIY's run even begin? Oh, That's how it feels. Getting jobbed out, didn't they? Like you know, if it's not, I mean, let alone single competition. If one of them is single competition, it's done. You know, they ain't winning. Um, but it's it's interesting to see what happens. We had a battle royal for the Lombok tennis ship, which was won by uh, of course Zoe Stark. Uh, Seth retained event Zane, as we mentioned, with the Judgment Day attacking Zane. As he was leaving the ring, uh, Adam Pearce had a meltdown and booked War Games, The Judgment Day versus Zayn, Uso Rollins, and Rhodes. SmackDown November 10th, KO was on commentary. Bobby Lashley beat Carlito. After the match, Lashley in the Street Profits attacked Carlito. The Master 619 had to make the save as Espar did not try to help him. Mysterio and Espar ruled with a formula guard at all. Uh, Monty, this is Santos's time to shine now. 
this hill turn, I know we could talk about Survivor Series and stuff like this, but we know how good he was in Legado. This is his comfort zone, you know? Yeah, I think I think this is going to be as good as his face run or at least as good as his initial introduction on the main roster seemed to be in the association with his Lucha Libre heritage and the LWO. All of that stuff was cool, but I think me and you both kind of knew uh, that and then maybe this is what it was. Now, I'm not going to say that he had he got given the best thing as a ba- best things to do or at least the most interesting things to do as a baby face. But I do believe that this story of him turning on Ray has been long in the running. I was always expecting it to turn, but I figured if it had been way if it had been too soon connect up uh, to when Dominic was he was going through his stuff with Dominic, then it'd just be, you know, a little bit lazy. But I think me and you both kind of know that this is Santos, like you said, this is element. He's a great character. He's awesome at being a bad guy. And uh the most shocking thing to me, I guess, being an NXT guy is kind of seeing Del Toro and uh Phoenix not agree with him, but it was still awesome. Uh an awesome moment and I just love the uh the way it, it all took place. I thought I thought that I mean it's nice to see that I don't know if the camera caught it originally the whole the brass nooks thing. I don't know if the camera caught that on purpose originally. If they didn't they audible and they did a great turn here. If if so, if it was as obvious as it all felt, then I thought this was just really well done. And I think uh, I think me and you, like you said, we've seen it in NXT, and I'm thinking now it's time for the grander audience to get a chance to see how good he can be. And also he get a chance to be his own mouthpiece again, which is another thing that that, that really helped him down in NXT. He's a, he's a wonderful talker, so I, I'm hoping that now as a heel he's able to do that more. So uh, I can't wait to see what happens next with him. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. This was, this was, That's the one thing that kind of made this exciting, other than the fact that this is like the hundredth time someone has turned on Ray Mysterio. Ray's a prick, all right. Like, yeah, it's like we said. He something's going on. You're hundred percent on the money. Like, we all love Ray, but yeah, yeah. He's he's a dude. Carvey saying for Gaith Bailey setting up a six woman tag match for later. We get onto that in a second. LA Knight beat Grayson Waller in the main event. Great, my microphone's gone. Five hundred show. Jaxi, help me out here. Oscar turning on... Oh, it's back. Jaxi, Oscar turning on her <laughs> teammates. Hopefully that's the last time that ever happens. And joining Damage Control. Jaxi, you've been a huge fan of Oscar. Is this the right direction for her? Oh, definitely. I was kind of waiting for this to happen the minute we saw Kyrie turn up, you know. Um, this was an inevitable uh, way before, just before Kyrie left. I think the hottest thing that had come to the titles in a long time for the women's tag titles was the Kabuki Warriors. So obviously it was a real shame when, when Kyrie did uh, kind of leave WWE for a bit, you know, with good reasons, you know, uh, I, but I'm so pleased to see her back. Um, this did kind of give way for that question of, will Oscar be joining them? And I think this is absolutely the right decision to go for them. Uh, you know, at this point, there are a lot of women that they that WWE have done well with uh, that are viable to be gunning for both uh, women's titles right now. Um, but 
that doesn't mean that like every single independent woman uh fighter female wrestler uh needs to necessarily be going for that right now and just to kind of see like them kind of create this faction within a, a faction itself um it just opens up so many more questions as what's to come for both damage control and sort of oscar and Kyrie. uh you know it it, it leaves a question of uh you know, will will they be coming for those titles soon? And and you know, uh, then gives you more questions into sort of Chelsea Green and and Piper Niven and where they come into this. So it just kind of opens up a lot more exciting potential storylines for so many other of the women on the roster at the moment. You know? Yeah, well, I can't remember the last time we had like a dominant women's group. You know, so there's no better with uh, with Oscar John with EO. Uh, and of course, Carly exactly. with the history. I mean, we've there, had so. damage control for yeah. for quite a while now, you know. Um, and and they have been taking significant L's that that has been leaving us to question. I think we very rightly so have uh, questioned on this pod previously. Uh, you know, where does damage control go from here? What direction do they take? They're taking so many L's. Do they split up? Do they? Uh, you know. Uh, kind of go off on their own thing or you know how can they make themselves stronger this is exactly how they make themselves stronger so you know there's excellent storytelling here and it's nice to see that it's uh you know a lot of creative effort being put into this faction and to into the story behind this faction just as much as they have done so with the bloodline and the story that that kind of went into them that is still going into them you know yeah without a shadow without bang on there uh, Raw November 13th, Drew graciously shook Rollins' hand and Drew said he will get his rematch. Uh, Jordan Devlin became a full-time member of Judgment Day. Finn Balor and Damian Priest versus Cody Rose and Jey Uso. Well, McIntyre showed up, hit Uso with a claymore while the ref was distracted to give the Judgment Day an easy path to victory. He shook Ray's hand afterwards. So, three things, basically. Like... Night buses, you wait six months and two new members of Judgment Day come along in one night. Adam Pearce has been shouting a lot more in recent weeks. I hope he watches his blood pressure. And please, for the love of God, new tag belts. We just don't need two. Even Priest doesn't use him. I mean, Gina, there's nothing annoying than a disused title belt. Do you know what I mean? He's got enough on his hands. Why don't we just get the unified title? Uh, yeah, definitely get what you mean there. Like, again, we've had these double belts floating around for a while now. Why are you introducing more belts when we're trying to make the current belts that are still out stay relevant? And because half of the time they're not even involved in storylines, you know, a lot of the belts. And, and you're just like, well, it's just being wasted, really. And if they are, you know, changing hands, it's kind of just one of those off chances that it's changing hands, not making the belt relevant. Um, so because the whole the whole thing that makes belts feel of high importance is sort of the feud that's put into wanting to take those belts like you want a really good feud to know that this belt is of that prestigious level that these these two people or these two factions are are gunning for them you know so it does just make you a bit you feel exhausted and you're you as a watcher and a fan you feel exhausted by it let alone how the general manager bloody feels yeah true but again how can it be general manager like a unified title do you know what i mean divide that and give the tag division on raw you know a chance or even smackdown you know with like the profits and stuff like that but i don't know i'll get over it Definitely. 
like they've got a shortage of tag teams. It's like oh, the tag yeah. teams are dead. Nothing right now. So it makes sense that they, they would, you know, split them rather than keep them unified. Who knows? Uh, Smackdown, November 17th. Axiom made his Smackdown debut, losing to Joe. Profits beat the Brutes and Pretty Deadly. No boy. LA Knight beat Jimmy Uso. Solo went for the attack, but Cody saved him. Damage Control took the ring stronger than ever. Uh, they issued a challenge for war games. Not usually a Hill team does that and stood tall as well. But Bianca Belair, Charlotte Shotzi revealed the fourth member and that was Becky Lynch. A brawl broke out and chaos ensued. I'm a big Becky Lynch team. How much, you know, as anybody, but we all knew that was going to happen, but Damage Control did the babyface thing here, didn't they? Issuing the challenge. Yeah, it was kind of awkward. Like you said, not really what you're used to seeing, for at least from the uh, issuing the challenge point of view, but it makes sense. Uh, I'm not really surprised, especially with them actually, because from the angle of Damage Control, they are the unit. While the baby faces are scrambling, they're like, "Well, Charlotte, Charlotte won't won't have a you know Charlotte ego's too big. No way she's gonna do this. Make peace with Becky or you know the other actual thorn and damage control side." But like you said, we we've seen this all coming. You know, I think they did try to be subtle, or at least they not really subtle, but they tried to hint like it could have been someone else. But I mean, we all kind of come on now. I think I think at by the by the time they exposed it, everyone had an idea of who Charlotte was going to have to call. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, it, again, I, I don't mind it sometimes, I guess, especially if we're going to be doing two of these every year. I don't know if that's if that's going to be the new tradition. Uh, it seems like that that is, especially if we're going to be doing them more often, then I guess it's fine for them to mix up how they, you know, work to get there. And like I said, in the lines of this story, it makes sense for damage control to feel confident enough to be like, no, we challenge you guys. Y'all, you know, you guys find a partner and all of that. So, yeah. Well, we move on to Raw, November 20th, the go-home show, and open with Drew McIntyre in the ring. The crowd was booing, but he said everyone was going to listen to him. He said anyone who's turned their back on him was never a fan in the first place. See, see, guys, and he don't give a damn. He only cares about the fans that stick with him. See, see, you're all fucked now. This is like Noah and the Ark all over again. I'm sticking with Drew, and I'm, I'm in the right here, I tell you. He really Did you just compare him to no? <laughs> what? Did I? No, I don't know. He, he ridiculed Jay Uso for never apologising for the people he screwed over while he was in the bloodline. He spoke about everything he had sacrificed for his family and how Jay's family took the biggest moment away from him when he was able to perform in front of his family in Europe. The cunt. Uh, he said he isn't joining oh, wow. Judgment Day, but Ray Ripley giving him the chance to get Jay inside the cage. He's going to take it. He's brought Jay out to respond. Um, there was a bit of a back and forth. Adam Pierce again losing his shit. Said he didn't want him to be fighting. He told that the uh, one member from Babyface, one member from the Hill team, from Face to get the advantage. And of course, Drew beat Jay in the main event to get the advantage with the future shock with so much ease. It was lush. There was also something about Randy Orton being the fifth man, but I didn't really listen. Uh, but what was more impressive, I think, and Jaxie, I don't know what you think about this, a staggering 27 women were featured on the episode of Raw across various matches, segments, and video packages with Lynch beating Zayn in a better place 
a better match than expected. Um, I mean, it's it worrying how many women there actually are, but it's great to see them actually showcased, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, this was something that I took note of as well. And Gina and I uh, also discussed, you know, just kind of noticing that there was a lot of feature uh, backstage and in the ring uh, for uh, all women. It was really lovely to see, to be honest. And this is something we need more of. Um, I don't want to make a big deal about it because it feels like you jinx it and then like you don't see half of these women for a while you know but um it's exciting to see from a point of view where you think uh could they be looking to do more with these women um and if so uh you know which direction are we going with them um you know there's a there's a lot of women that there's question to in terms of like what stories they could be potentially involved in uh you know a perfect example of that is like we're seeing a lot of like Shayna and Zoe together at the moment so are we thinking about a potential tag team between them and to be honest I really would love to see Shayna have her singles run in that dominating way that she came across when she was in the elimination chamber we discuss that all the time however if we don't have any space for that yet. I kind of wouldn't, I'm kind of intrigued to see a Zoe and Shayna team up. Um, I think they could make an excellent tag team. So it's just like these sort of little thoughts that you can start playing around with, uh, with the amount of women that you're seeing on screen. So it's just nice to see and nice to kind of think about future content. Yeah, we're at shallow of a doubt. And then SmackDown finally, November 24th, Blair, Charlotte, Shotzi and Lynch started SmackDown and Bailey interrupted alone. Of course, a sign of things to come, maybe. Ripley accompanied Balor and Priest with the defender tag titles against the Prophets. We see Austin Theory just as KO on the Gracie Waller effect. Santos attacked Carlito with Dragon Lee taking his place at Survivor Series. It was great hearing the Legado theme again, not going to lie. Pretty Deadly beat the Brutes. Yes, boy. In the main event, Bailey and Oscar defeat Flair and Lynch, thanks to Flair being a dick. So, Gina, what were your thoughts on the last SmackDown? There weren't really much to go, really, was there? Much to do. No, there wasn't really a defining moment of the episode. It was kind of like a bit more of an episode rather than... It didn't really feel like a go-home show, you know? I mean, apart, I mean, what were your thoughts on Carlito being injured and not being able to I take mean, off Santos? I was actually going to ask you what your thoughts are on that. Is it is that just a work that they just didn't want Carlito to have to lose to Santos, but they also realised that Santos is on a bit of a high right now, so they kind of needed him to win. This is how I see mm-hmm. it because I was like, it it didn't look to me sort of in that sort of within that match that like Carlito was for like for real hurt. Like it looked more like a work hurt, which is fine, but. Part of me was like, well, why though? Did you just not want Carlito to lose to Santos? So you're replacing them. That's my thought and my yeah, take no, I, from it. I think they, yeah, that was it. And then they can save Carlito and Santos for Rumble with a turn then, can't they, or something? You know? I guess, yeah. But it's just a little bit like sometimes you can read through the lines and already see what storyline is coming this way uh, ahead of time. Um, but. I'm not too mad at it because I think this is really working for Santos and I think Santos actually deserves a push. So if it's going to help in his favour, then cool. But I also just felt a little bit, you know, mean for the cleanup guy, basically. (laughs) That's how I'm not even going to get referenced anymore. They're just going to be known as the cleanup. 
No, without a doubt. So uh, that was it, Raw and SmackDown leading up to Survivor Series. So I guess we are ready. Uh, November 25th, Survivor Series 2023. What about way to kick off? Then with kickoff, Kayla Braxton, Booker T, way back, Jackie Redmond, Pete Rosenberg, freezing their asses off outside. But fuck them, they get paid enough. Byron Saxon interviewed Santos, who said he delivered justice by attacking Carlito, and he has the will to do what it takes. Greg Miller joined the panel and wasted my time. So on with the show. And what I found quite weird, and Monty, again, you're going to accuse me of being old, right? But having a flair and a Rhodes in a War Games match means that something's never changing wrestling, you know? No matter how many years go by, still having that after all this time is crazy. At his core, I mean, wrestling in a lot of ways is definitely a family business, man. I think that's that's another way to look at it, too. Just like you said, the lineage or just how, how many people have passed wrestling on to their children. And even in the wrestling business, it goes that way. So it's, it's kind of funny when you think about it. But like you said, the more things change, the more they say the same. Well, we get the standard opening, War Pigs again. And we are in Chicago. And they spared no expense on the lowering of the War Games cage. Not since Prime WSW recent fireworks like that. Uh, War Games then to start us off. Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch and Shotzi versus Bailey, Oscar, Kari Sane and EO Sky. The rules, well, quickly, it's like the chamber, but with two teams, you can't win till anybody's in. Done. Face has got the advantage, thanks to a packet of crisps, or as Monty calls them, chips. Uh, the heels entered wearing different masks, creating a cool visual. The Kurt Kai interfered, allowing Bailey to gain the upper hand on Lynch before Shotzi joined the match to give the Bay faces the advantage. Uh, speaking of having the, the advantage, doesn't really make sense in a match like this, but it doesn't matter. Belair whipped the life out of Sky with a braid, causing the champion to let out a blood curdling scream. Monty, you know as much as I. EO Sky and a trash can. I will take this every day of the week. It will forever be awesome. She is so... It's that smile yeah. she does when she jumps. It means she enjoys doing it, you know? I love it. Yeah, and I love the crowd kind of egging it on, being behind her. And the creativity, too. The chain with the trash can. The, uh, you let Dakota Kai kind of get it up there to her. Like, just... I love it. I love the creativity because, you know, we. I feel like once EO is in a match like this, all of the people who've been watching her from the beginning... I'm just looking for her, for her to do something crazy. So it was a nice callback. We've got EO assisted insane elbow. Um, Jackson, you've got to admit, Charlotte's moonsault off the top was impressive. Um, Lynch and Flair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, instantly I went, oh, of course she's got to try and match something oh, that EO <laughs> did. Of course this bitch can't let someone else shine. So yeah, no, I wasn't I, I was impressed, yeah, because like that is absolutely terrifying to even think about going from the top there. But of course she did. What about when they hug? Well when they hugged mid ring, I bet you were loving it. You were thinking, yes, uh, like my eyes could not roll any further to the back of my head. <laughs> uh cool spot alert. Oscar tried to miss shot C for the second time, but the Ballsy Badass ducked and Belair sprayed the Empress to fire with a fire extinguisher. Bailey repeatedly saved a match for a team, breaking up pins and going the distance. The first competitor to enter on the hillside. 
Uh, Ultimate low, she was battered and beaten enough that Belair could down her with the KOD and Lynch could add a manhandle slam through a table for the win. Uh, so, Jaxi starts off. What are your thoughts on this matchup? I mean, this was a, you know, this is how you start a war games. Uh, this was so, so impressive. Um, I just absolutely loved uh, every moment, every spot of it. Um, I commend every single woman in that match. You've got to give, ba- you've got to give Bailey a bit of credit here because she took multiple spots for her team. Um that kind of looked pretty brutal. So, yeah, f- fair play to Bailey on this one. This was definitely uh, one of my favourites of the night. Yeah, I think about. I mean, Gina, what were your thoughts? It started, it started off so hot, you know. Uh, and EO and Trash Can equals ratings, you know. And this was her fifth game. So you can tell how comfortable she was. Yeah, for sure. You could tell she was comfortable and that she trusted each and every woman in that ring. Uh, To be fair, the match did not go how I thought it was going to go. I actually thought that damage control were going to be a little bit more dominating, but Bailey would be the fuck up of them. But to be honest, it was the other way around. Um, Bailey actually got a lot of them out of some horrible situations. She protected them quite a lot and took some hits for each of them. Um, and so that's something that I do think will possibly play into a later storyline or argument, maybe, you know, then we'll say, Bailey, you don't do anything to help damage control. And then she's going to be a bit like Jay So, you know, exhibit A, war games. Every time one of you were about to get hit, I pushed you out of the way, you know. So I could definitely see something like that coming out from this war games match. But um, it, w- it was still awesome. And Eo's just like, like she is, you know, she's she just shines when she's in the sky. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, as soon as they hugged in the ring, we were done, by the way, prediction-wise. Uh, but Monty, it was a great way to start the show. I mean, how cool is Kari? Let alone Eo. You know, these two, man, it's just brilliant. Yeah, I've seen some people on Twitter not happy because I think where Kyrie hasn't necessarily won anything, but... It's a long game here with Kyrie. I mean, one, we're just happy to have her back at this point. And two, uh, you don't have to win everything to in wrestling. It's not always about winning and losing all the time. Sometimes it's just about where we're going, the story, the destination, how we get there. And I think we all can mm-hmm. kind of see that Kyrie, EO, Oscar, or Dakota included, even Bailey, Damage Control as a whole, they're telling a story right now. And the thing is, you're 100% right, James. It wasn't even just a hug. We were screwed. We were screwed in general because we're betting against three people that they never, like, three three, three of the, the most legit. Like, I'm thinking back on it, and I'm like, who the hell did I think was going to get pinned? Shotzi? And, like, and they were going to brag on that? No offense to Shotzi, but I just feel like, like, now looking back, like, you can't say you thought Becky was going to get pinned. Charlotte not going to lose yeah. easily. Bianca, did yeah. you expect her to get pinned? So it's just like, I guess we should have seen yeah. it coming, but we also thought about last year and how damage control still couldn't get it done. So it's just kind of funny when you think about uh, how 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 it's turned out for them. But I do think I'm very intrigued in the story they're telling. The way they did it this time is very, very good. Even if damage control does not come out looking like the dominant faction, like you mentioned with the bloodline judgment day, we got we have dominant factions. So you know, and maybe this is the beginning of their dominance, just maybe in a new, a different incarnation. And I think that's what it feels like we're heading 
And I just want to see what happens because Bailey, it, just thinking about Bailey's arc in general in her career. You know, when she was hugging everyone, she had all the friends in the world. But the only time she actually got successful was when she started to tell everyone to screw off and do her own thing. You know, other than Sasha, who I isn't here. So again, to ever change. Right. No one really wants that to change. I don't think it has mm-hmm. to his personality no. wise. I think in this case, she's being done wrong. So people are going mm-hmm. to eventually get behind her because she's kind of getting usurped out of her own group, even though she gave damage control the the blueprint to how to make it on the main roster. So I think it's really interesting what WWE decide, what story they decide to tell going into the um, the Raw Rumble, going into Mania. And of course, all the people who are hearing about Mercedes being a free agent, and I heard Rocky Romero said about her and how they would love to have her back, but no one has her under contract. So that means now those theories can get to coming out. And how can we wrap this story up with a bow other than having Sasha come be, be the one to pick her up? I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not trying to get everyone so antsy or excited. I'm just saying. I'll lose my fucking shit, man. Right? Like, think about how perfect shit. that would be. Right. Think about connection. how perfect that would be. That would be perfect. <laughs> but again, I, I'm just I'm just throwing things out there. But this storyline has the potential to be very, very awesome for the women's division going forward. And particularly awesome for someone, in my opinion, who I think even Corey kind of mentioned it. For some regard, I don't understand the reason. Because if you really know, know anything about wrestling, you understand. She's just as essential as the other three. Maybe it's because she doesn't have the flash or the gimmick. But the four horsewomen wouldn't be like they need all four of them for very different reasons. And Bailey is that glue. She's all she's been the glue when you talk about her connection to Charlotte, her connection to Becky, her connection to Sasha, whether it's enemies or teammates, Becky Bailey is just as important. And I think this story, if they do it in the right way, could be a big deal for Bailey going forward and in her arc and so, so she can finally get the respect. Because for some reason, out of all the four horsewomen, she's the only one that don't feel like top star and that and it's basically because she has to always take second fiddle to them so i can't wait to see what happens now that it feels like she can be the focus now i could be wrong when they wrap this up with charlotte winning another title or something we've seen before with becky right yeah you know what i'm saying like something we've seen before but if we're honestly i feel like they play their cards right they can do something really special and it'll give oscar Kyrie, eo something to do and actually feels like it means something, not just trotting them out there or nothing. But you're 100 percent right, James. I'm 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 just excited to see Kyrie. It just it's a, I feel honored to see her again in in this setting. And now she's with not only Oscar, someone she, who was a friend and a mentor, but EO, who's like literally was her best friend and just next like they they came two peas in a pod fresh out of start in Japan or just working their way up to be where they are now. So I can't wait to see what else they can do, and I'm just excited, even with Dam- even with Dakota being like a mouthpiece for Damage Control. Yeah, because it makes all the sense as well with Dakota being a mouthpiece, and and again to just prove yep. the point about Bailey, this double on podcast wouldn't have gone for that long if it wasn't for Bailey and Sasha Banks <laughs> in Brooklyn. Right, you know, it was literally three months into doing the pod, so when wow. that happened, that was issue. And again, it's weird because you think like May Young Classic, you know, CWC stuff that gets through the years. 2018, Enzo Moray firing. You know, all these things that you have put out of certain things you do remember. Uh, but, you know, what a great matchup this was. Jaxie, what would you yeah, score also, this out of uh, five? Jake, and, go on. Mm, 
uh, I was actually going to add on to everything that yourself and Monty just said, I completely 100% agree with. Um, and also just to add on, um, when you go back to some of the, like, I think some of the earlier pods of where I was featured on NXT pods and when Dakota Kai was back then, I actually disliked Dakota a lot. Uh, I didn't think she was sort of good on mic. Um, I didn't really kind of like sort of her character or the way she came across. And, uh, you know, kind of to see her progression, uh, it, she's come a long way. Um, and not only that, but I actually feel more comfortable to say uh, I agree with the statement of like her being sort of seen as the mouthpiece for damage control right now, um, like rather than like uh, any of the others. And I think that that's a lot of like kind of what she's done uh, to kind of get to where she is um, and the progression she's had that I actually feel comfortable with that, considering I actually looked at the pairing of uh Paige back when she was in WWE uh, being the mouthpiece for the Kabuki Warriors and not finding any form of connection you know between the two to really sort of understand why why they were together she was the mouthpiece for them um but with Dakota like there's no question about it it just kind of feels real you know so I just wanted to add that but I have given this a five-star match um this like Monty just kind of rightly everything he just said is the reason why I'm giving this a five star. I'm intrigued to see where things go from here. And I'm emotionally invested in this, as I said, kind of like with the storylines that came out of investing in the the bloodline. This is kind of what we're getting with damage control with Bailey. Uh, You know, there's so many different stories at play here that I'm intrigued for what's to come next. Yeah, well, we're out of doubt. Um... Monty, what would you score out of five? Yeah, I, like I said, this is this is a really good way to start the show. I gave it four and a quarter, I think, overall as a, a war games match. It was really, really good. Basically, the 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 way you do a war games match, in my opinion, I think this is a great little parameter for them to follow if going forward. And uh, like you got, like I mentioned earlier, so many great storytelling avenues you can try to explore if they do it in the right way and they take their time with the damage control situation whether it's a split or whatever they're going to try to do with it i think uh honestly they have a chance here to do something special so yeah man four and a, four and a quarter is, the, is what i would give it overall though it was a great match yeah um good stuff gina I'll keep it short and sweet, but I totally agree with everything that was just said. Um, I actually gave it four. Uh, I was going to say I give it four and three quarters, but to be honest, I think I'm going to give it a five star. Yeah, no, I'm going to give it a five star as well. Like, uh, just to start the show, and it flew like the War Games match. My only complaint sometimes it feels a bit, dumb, and for me, this didn't. This kind of flew by, so I was kind of more than happy to kind of get with it and think, yeah, that's a great way to start the show as well um so we'll move on to the predictions uh and of course this is the final wp predictions of the year so after full gear bonus league with four bonus points left monty's on 16 i'm on 15 junior on 14 jacksy on 11 aw with one aw show left jacksy and james are on four monty and gina on three and at this moment in time in wwe with one WWE uh, event left. Gina is on six, guaranteed league win. I'm on five. Monty's on four. And Jaxie is on 
one. And, of course, we've got NXT Deadline and World's End. Could James do it then? Would Gina keep the win? We'll find out. We all went damage control. Oh, whoops. Uh, so, all on naught then. Uh, pretty deadly. Uh, agree the crisps. Yes, boy. Our truth is back. Jay Uso and Sami Zayn met up backstage with a lap revealed Randy Orton is yet to arrive at the arena. QCM Punk chance. <laughs> like, that's ever going to happen. In the Canal title match, the Miz versus Gunther. And I tell you something, Gunther will never underestimate the Miz again. The ring general found himself in a fight against a scrappy, resilient veteran. The Miz dug into his bag of tricks and broke, broke out a Bret Hart inspired four around the post. The Miz pulled a turnbuckle pad off, booted Gunther in the knee, and followed it with a low blow before delivering a skull-crushing finale for a very close two count. The crowd actually thought it might happen. Um, <laughs> and then there was a ugly top-rope splash for Gunther, but he recovered to execute a Boston Crab to make the Miz tap out. Uh, Gina, I mean, the Miz and Gunther are so different, but I think this match worked because of it. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. I actually enjoyed this match a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, I don't know what I actually expected. I didn't, I didn't expect any tomfoolery, but I did expect maybe, you know, there might be some some sort of scare that the Miz might actually do this, you know, and there was. That's what they gave us, you know, when he did the heel um, dick kick move or sort of arm up, um, we definitely thought, wait, is that is this how he's going to lose it? But um, thankfully, Gunther just showed that he would persevere even through that kind of pain, just to make sure <laughs> this reign continues. Yeah, but I couldn't believe Michael Cole mentioned Chris Jericho. I was like, oh, he mentioned Jericho. Shit. <laughs> I'm, in a way, I'm not surprised because I do feel like in some ways, WWE hate Jericho a bit less than others that they've let go in the past, you know? So I'm kind of not surprised by that. But, yeah, it was still a little bit of a shock to hear that come from Michael Cole's mouth. Yeah. Uh, uh, Monty, I mean, I've always liked Miz. But I think the thing is people like booing him. I mean, I'm sure he's no doubt got respect to fans, but mm -hmm. Miz is just very dislikable. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? No, I think it's, I mean, I think his bank account <laughs> would tell you that too. <laughs> that there's nothing wrong with it. He's made a, made a career out of it, a long lasting career. It's a skill. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to just do it naturally. And he's, a, he not only is he naturally, not only does, is he a natural heel with it, he's just, he's good. He's actually really good at it. And I think the thing is, uh, at some point in your career, you're going to have to get respect for all the work you put in. After a while, I think a lot of those people who really hated the Miz early in his career for, like, whatever it was, reality TV, whatever reason they hated him, now everywhere you turn, it's a reality TV show. We literally have promotions like AEW who had their own backstage <laughs> reality TV show. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, WWE Network over the years telling the story, letting cameras backstage with WWE 24 and all that type of stuff. So, it's just, like, the business in general has changed around the Miz to the point to where now I think a lot of people – uh, are realizing that no, he deserves he deserves a lot of respect for not only still being around, but for being so talented and kind of being ahead of his time. When you think about how 
he became a wrestler because there's a lot of internet or just people that didn't come up through, you know, paying your dues, losing on the indies and all of that type of stuff. Even though he worked there, even though it wasn't the same because everybody knew he was the Miz from the real world or whatever. So I've all, like you said, I've been a big fan of Miz forever. I'm, but I've also been a guy in the past that I always felt kind of like what I said about Max, which Max is proving me wrong. Also, it's just like some guys don't ever have to be a baby face. So I, I think in this situation, he doesn't have to be, but it's cool to see that he has this in his, you know, repertoire. Like he has a whole entire comeback ready to be a baby face. And it, he's in an awesome space now to where he doesn't have to be. We know that he's been so dastardly over the years that we cheer when he did kick <laughs> Gunther <laughs> because, you know, it makes sense. It's who he is. We know who the Miz is. And I, I think that's what I like about this match too the most about it is that it did nothing out of the ordinary that you would expect happen in my opinion when it comes to if you know anything about these two talents but the fact that I believe that and they still had that crowd in a place like Chicago if you tell me in 2014 would the Miz be loved in a place like Chicago at any way shape or form probably not I guarantee it but now and what everything he's done, and uh, the the willing the willingness he he has now to do different things in the ring, not just do the exact same thing he's been doing for years. I, again, I, I have nothing. I have to take a hat off to the Miz. I'm with you. He's always been great at that. But to me, for for him to be able to do this and get those people to believe, because I think all of us came into this match already not only knowing Gunther would win it, but just like how in the hell you guys going to compel me to believe Miz can do it? And I I saw two legitimate times if you're going off the crowd and just the anticipation of the match, it was two legitimate moments where people was like, oh my God, he's going to beat Gunther. <laughs> and that's amazing when you think about how many people the Miz have lost to. <laughs> but that's true, actually, to get the crowd to believe that. But again, like Monty's mentioned, though, with Jackson, is Gunther... The thing is, will he be Intercontinental Champion when he wins the world title? Will we see him just relinquish in the kind of title or will someone beat him? Because the role he's on at the moment, I'm just not sure anymore. Yeah. For, definitely. I have to agree with everything that uh, Monty said with regards to The Miz. Like, I, I, I don't ever feel like The Miz needs to change. And I think that, like, you know, with his choice to do sort of, like, the low blow, um, like, that you know is his character and he I don't think he needs to change like he doesn't always need to be like 100% the villain but he could still be a dick and I think it works perfectly for him so like yeah this match it definitely had its ups and downs of oh will he won't he um and that's something that you still want especially as Monty rightly pointed out considering how much of a loss he's also taken um you know over the years so um yeah like if if you really want to actually cement like Gunther as a prominent like you know amazing wrestler, the only way is up for him, and the best way to do that is potentially to have him relinqu relinquish the belt um, and and move on to sort of bigger things. Um, I certainly did not expect or think that the Miz was going to sort of be the one to dethrone Gunther, and I think with the current roster, we are. Or or are or, or, with the current roster we're currently featuring, I don't see which where where there's competition for us to really believe that Gunther could lose it to anyone. Um, and I feel like if we want to continue on this hype that he's having right now, that is the best way forward. But whether they'll uh, 
do that, it, you know, it, it still it still could be seen as a risk uh, play by WWE. So whether or not they're willing to, you know, try try to do that, I am, I'm not sure. All right, so scores out of five. Then Gina, what would you score this? I mean, I was pleasantly surprised by how um, intrigued I was by this match um, and how it went on. So I'm actually going to give it a four and a half. Uh, Monty, what about you? Yeah, man, three. I gave it three and three quarters. I thought it was really, really good. Uh, and like I said, the fact that they, they had the crowd on the feet, believing in the Miz. <laughs> yeah, man. I, 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 again, I just, I'm, I didn't think the crowd would destroy the match, but I definitely wasn't expecting that either. So, Jaxie. Yeah. Yeah, I gave this a four and three quarters. I really did enjoy this match, and um, it was really kind of nice uh, to kind of see sort of the Miz like sort of cheered for, but also like kind of uh, everyone still kind of uh, cheering for Gunther's win. So yeah, yeah, I give it four and a quarter. Uh, uh, predictions: It's our first points as we all went Gunther all on one. Judgment Day seemed confident. Randy wouldn't show. Dragon Lee versus Santos Escobar. At one point, Lee looked to have as well beaten with a power powerbomb, but the former face of the Gala del Fantasma kicked out. Moments later, he delivered the Destroyer and added the Phantom fucking driver for the win. Uh, it does make sense, but it still pisses me off. Monty, what were your thoughts on this match? This was really cool. I, I think, honestly, I had to taper back my, my expectations. Uh, I think... And I think I saw some other people mention this before, too, that when you look at, when you watch Santos and NXT and you've seen Dragon Lee all over the world and you know what they're capable of given the amount of time, you probably expect uh, a crazy, like, you know, insane type of match. And I think they're capable of it, but I thought this match was really, really smart if you're going off the story they're trying to tell. It kind of felt, and not to say this because I know those are like the most famous uh, you know, Latin wrestlers in ever, most pretty much. But like, it felt to me kind of like that uh, that uh, heel Eddie Guerrero, uh, in a new ver- a new updated version yeah. of a heel Eddie Guerrero versus a uh, Rey Mysterio of the past. You know, uh, a high mask, flyer. You know, like, right? When I yeah, saw that, when I he like, did Man. that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I was like, yeah, that that now that's giving me some heel Eddie Guerrero vibes right there because that's the, that was the difference. Like Eddie could do all the high flying cool stuff, but he had that mean streak that just made him completely different from Ray. And Ray on the other hand had all the the mood, the kids and all that. And I think this this has a chance. If they can continue this and you you know when it comes to Santos and Dragon Lee, they have a chance to do stuff way better than this in uh for the next few years in the future of WWE. So I kind of looked at it that way, but uh, it was definitely really, really cool. Like I, again, I, I'm a fan of both of these guys. So kind of getting this match, it was like a treat that I wasn't expecting because you know, again, we was looking for Carlito to be in this spot at first. So I, I you know, again, I don't have any problem with it, but uh, yeah, I, I also love him instead of being you know basic and just saying Mexican destroyer. I love the South of the Border destroyer. I like that. You know, it's a little long in the name, but I do like the difference instead of just, you know, mixing up the years, if that's what he's going to continue to, if he's going to continue to use it. But, but yeah, man, this is cool. This is really cool. Well, that's also crazy how long each spent in NXT. Like with Santos, he was there 
long, long time. A long time. Dragon was like, what, a month? Like, Brom Breaker's <laughs> looking on going, what the fuck, man? Like, what do I have to do? <laughs> they watched him wrestle for like a good, like one good angle in NXT, and they were like, nope, let's get this guy, let's get this guy on the roster now. Uh, but uh, like I said, I mean, this is an interesting uh, matchup. Um, and again, so I wanted in Gina. I bet you were heartbroken when you realised that, didn't you? Yes, and no. <laughs> what a bitch. Uh, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Uh, Jaxi, what were your thoughts on this matchup? There wasn't really much to say, really. I mean, you can start us off with a score if you want as well. Oh, for Santos's match, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I I agree with a lot of the points that Monty has pointed out. Um, I've seen a lot more of Santos on on NXT than I did Dragon Lee, but from what I've seen, you know, sort of so far, and then in in this match, um, I have no doubt that you know, in a few years' time, these two will be very much shining. Um, and highlights of both Raw and SmackDown. Um, you know, it was a good match showcasing them, but I think there was a lot of speculation as to why uh, Carlos was kind of, like, written out of this. Um, so I, I don't think that there was any surprise that Santos picked up the win, but I think there is... I, I think we've all agreed and rightly said that Santos, like, really should get this push right now and and, and see what uh, we could do with him. So... Overall, this match was good. This uh, match for me was a three and a half. Um, it, like you said, there's not really much to say about it other than you know, like this is this was a way to build a uh, continue building on for Santos. Yeah, Gina, score out of five. Um, I'm gonna give it a four. It was a good match, and it, like you guys said, it built Santos up. And I, I said earlier, I think he deserves to be pushed, and I think he could really, you know thrive as a heel in the company yeah. so it it works yeah, good for um you. so good for, yeah great yeah yeah fuck you james you little <laughs> <bastard>. <laughs> yeah i'll give the the matter for though happy 500 um monty what about you yeah three and a half is probably where i put it also again solid stuff from both guys, and I think to to piggyback off of what we said earlier about the bill, I think that kind of might be the thing that kind of made this match feel just a little bit like, oh, okay, this is the beginning of something, but we don't know what because not only was we expecting Carlito to be in this spot, that that's your heat. The heat is with the LWO members. Like, yeah, it sounds good that Dragon League looks up the raid, but it, you know. It's just also one of them things was like, ah, okay, well, we kind of know how this is going to probably turn out. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, no, I thought it still did its job. It, it wasn't a waste of time at all. So, three and a half. Yeah. I'll give it three and a half as well. Predictions, whoever wants Santos, apart from me. To be fair, I thought Carlito would come out and maybe distract him. No. So, it means that uh, I'm on one, the rest are on two. Well done, guys. That's great. You know, great stuff. Women's World Championship next. Zoe Stark versus Rhea Ripley. And Ripley's overconfidence was met with a challenge of a driven competitor looking to dethrone her. As Zoe Stark rose to the occasion and gave the Radica everything she could handle. The total holder ultimately countered the Z360 and delivered Riptide for continuing the best year of her career reign. 
that has been utterly dominant, dominant even. Uh, Jaxie, what were your thoughts on this? Because we've seen a lot of Zoe Stark this year, but I think she's really showed out. Mm. I mean, yeah, like I think with each match, she's uh, kind of growing, you know. Um, it's been really nice. It, I, I, I'm pretty sure I could see sort of aspects of Shayna in some of the counter moves that Zoe was sort of doing, um, sort of giving you that, that, that pause, just, you know, what if, you know, uh, not quite so much as what we were experiencing with Gunther and The Miz, where there were, like we said, like a couple of times where it was like, oh, wow, could he actually win it? But uh, there was sort of that question of what if Zoe could actually do that and actually do that upset of uh, dethroning Rhea. Um, so, you know, overall, I thought this was a good match um, showcasing Zoe and, you know, where she's come from. Like, we, we've we seen her uh, against Trish um, and, and sort of that whole feud and, and, you know, to kind of watch her grow from there to sort of a match like this. Yeah, like, it, it was a sort of decently well put together match for uh, not only Rhea, but for Zoe. It was incredibly... Uh, beneficial for Zoe I think um you know it really put her on a, a lot of other people's radars that might not necessarily have really kind of taken the time to look at her before so yeah, yeah. I think that you know uh but one of the things and Gina I don't know about you but it's going to be some threat to stop Ripley because I just don't know who's can come close at this moment in time I mean yeah I even even with the returning Naya Jax I I don't see her getting a win over Rhea. Like, I don't know who at this moment in time is hot enough to be able to take that belt from Rhea. And at this moment in time, I don't even think I want Rhea to lose it anyway. I I, I would just prefer her to just keep running things because she's the most entertaining thing on Raw at the moment, you know? Um, And her with the Judgment Day paired, it still works for me, so... Again, uh, like my sister said, it was quite close. There were some points where I was like, oh, could Zoe actually pull off the ultimate upset? But um, I also would have thought that would have been the wrong move if they did do it. Not because Zoe doesn't deserve it, because I think she did showcase herself well. But I just think that right now, Rhea's so hot, you shouldn't be taking it off her right now. But I can't think who the, who's going to do it. I did, honestly, I Roman <laughs> Reigns as a wig? Like, I don't... <laughs> need a wig just to shave you know like, i don't know yeah either she hasn't debuted yet or it's becky lynch that's pretty much it and even then i wouldn't want becky to do it but i'm just no, saying I want to, yeah like it, yeah i wouldn't want becky to do but it But i'm just no saying there's no yeah. one else on raw but becky and then either she hasn't debuted yet but isn't <laughs> it, it weird exactly and it's like even with stuff that's happened in the last like three or four years with us doing it together even if we said yeah, the person to beat was like Julia Hart, you know, and then cut to like two years time. You're fucking right, but but again, like I said, we we just don't know, you know. It's crazy. And Monty Ripley looked fantastic. We talked about Sherry Martell earlier. Chats. Yeah, it was awesome. Woof woof, right? You know what I'm saying? Woof woof. Definitely a woof woof. Oh my goodness. Women. Like, uh, That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, subjective. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah, Whoa, woof, woof, woof. Yeah. <laughs> I wish McIntyre wore chaps. Woof, woof. <laughs> yeah. Respectfully, respectfully. 
Respectfully, respectfully. This is all. This is all from respect. <laughs> as respectful as it can be. <laughs> no, no, but no. Besides that, she she. By the way, they killed Judgment Day as a whole. Killed the look once you seen. Once I seen what they had to wear later too, I was like, oh okay, I like it. I like the you know everybody's representing. But you're right, Rhea Ripley, man. It's just something about her, man. Like it's like she has it. I think everyone always, no one wants to define what it is, but I think we knew it a long, a long time ago, but now that they finally got the the, the look and the, the character and who she is and just how she dominant she is. And, you know, I saw someone say that she's, she's probably, the, uh, they, you know, they can they want her to be so dominant that she's like China-level dominant. And I'm like, hey, I, I, I mean, yeah, you could take like Rhea is literally the closest I've ever been to ever saying that I could see somebody wrestling guys, and you wouldn't even get up, you know, next to China. Like you wouldn't even bat an eye. Yeah, you, you don't, know, <laughs> you don't see Rip again. I don't know how I can explain this. I don't see Ripley as like a man or a woman. She's an entity in that. Yeah, you know exactly so, right. It's like they said with China, like ninth or like eighth, China. Or yeah, like it's yeah, like China. she was I'd an attraction. China, right. Exactly. Like she's, like, wink, wink. she's just like China. Like I'm gonna call her the eighth wonder of the world. But and the thing is, for Ripley, what's more incredible, it's only gonna get bigger with the Rumble coming, yeah. up, and then the Chamber in her home country, and then WrestleMania. You know, it's just like this is just the start of it for Raya. Right. It's just, it's insane. And then like I, when I talk of so about how old really. she is yeah. too, she's she's mm. still yeah. very so like twenty six, twenty seven from, from the May Young. Classic to NXT UK champion, mm. NXT champion. You know, what I mean, she's done, and the character work now is is top. You know, yeah, it's caught up with the physical yeah. stuff. Yeah, I agree. That's that's really what it is. And then, like you said, with Zoe too. I think Zoe is awesome too in the ring. And like, I think that's like I think you guys mentioned it earlier. People, other people who were outside of the NXT bubble. And then get to see her all the time. I think me and you already kind of knew James that was, if, if, if everything go right, Zoe can go. What's up? Was I dreaming? Or she did hold the tag titles with Rio, didn't she? Or was that yes. like a dream we had? <laughs> right. No, it didn't last long crazy. at all, but she did win the tag titles. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Before uh, unfortunate injury. Uh, but yeah, you know how that go, man. Uh, I think I think that's the thing about it. Is it depends on how you feel. I don't mind seeing Rhea here, but at the same time, I would like to see another baby face or someone else being groomed or yeah. feeling like they even could t- That's the only problem I have with WWE's dominant reign booking. It, when it comes to Gunther, I can't tell you who that baby face is. They're warming up for that. Just... I mean, you can always say maybe. Like, I saw somebody say Jay Uso, and I was like, really? I, I love Jay, but I don't know if I would it's, even it's, get him again, Gunther. You it's know, when it's they like, say, I don't know. I'm finishing my story. So whatever woman says that, we'll be like, <laughs> right. Right, okay, we gotcha. Like, <laughs> oh, I forgot. Liv yeah. Morgan is the only other person. Like, Liv Morgan has an anger with Rhea. I just don't know if I want her to beat Rhea. No, you know no, she has an anger. No. I just don't know if I want her to beat her. No. So it's like, I, yeah. I, I, I. I mean, I don't have anything against Lib when I say this, but I kind of really don't want it to be Lib. That's the one. I mean, if, if I'm if I'm truly honest, I would kind of shake things up and like if I had my way, I would be building Shana, Shana up. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Shana up independently and move her across, um, and have her and uh, Rhea feud. Um, but like again, I would actually build that up slowly. 
so that, you know, we can actually remember that Shayna is this formidable. Um, people only need to go back to which elimination chamber was it? Was it 2018 or 2019 when, when it was? I don't know. But if you go back to that Shayna, then yeah, I could see her being the one to dethrone Rhea. But, you know, um, yeah. that's that's if they are willing to actually put in the time to rebuild up Shayna to what she was before. Yeah, you're know. either gonna have to be dominant enough to beat her, or you're gonna have to be a survivor. So it's gonna have to be something but also, like, like <laughs> they they've got the incentive to to go with that with Shayna, considering she's come off of this win with Ronda. But right now, she has been predominantly seen as sort of like a side <laughs> character, even when it comes to sort of like uh, when she was in the Fatal Four Way for Raw and with Nia. So, like, if anything, what I would do is actually move Shayna to SmackDown and be kind of running through sort of like, you know, the smaller sort of wrestlers, like the the Shotzi's and stuff, to actually start building her up um, and reminding us what she can do in the ring um, to pretend, to make us think maybe Rhea's got competition again, you know? Yeah. I And a bit like you, Jaxie, I hope Charlotte does it. Uh, so scores yeah. out of five. That's, that's who it is. I, yeah. I fuck you, James. Matter of fact, you need to get fuck number you, 16. Jack, see, give me a score out of five. You know, this was a good match. I'll, I'll give it a three and a half. It, you know, did what it needed to do. Three and a half. Good. Uh, we've got Gina. Gina, fuck you. Give me a score. Yeah. I think that's the <laughs> thing I've come up with. Fuck you, James. Um, yeah, no, I'm giving it a three and a half as well. It did what it needed to do, but I also knew ultimately that Rhea wasn't going to lose it. Uh, fuck you, Monty. What's your score? <laughs> Five. Charlotte Flair for champion. Uh, <laughs> three, three and three quarters, yeah. Charlotte Flair for champion. Woo! 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 Uh, predictions for Ripley. So I'm on two. The rest are on three. And the main event, men's war games match. Seth Rollins, Cody Rose, Joe, so Sami Zayn, and maybe Randy Orton versus Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, JD McDonough, and my man, Drew McIntyre. Big time tension early as Priest and McIntyre stared each other down, neither really trusting the other despite being on the same. Uh, like we said, Randy wasn't there. Uso Makhtar teed off on each other midway through the match, which was a logical spot that had fans red hot. We got Rhodes and a cowbell. Just feels appropriate. The babyface beat down Dominic Mysterio to an enormous pop from the fans. The Judgment Day drew Makhtar in dominant position late in war games, laying out Cody, Jay, Sammy and Seth. Enter Andy Alton. Well, before that, should say, now with a money in bank briefcase to try and cash in but was disrupted by music. The autumn reaction blew the roof off the All-State Arena. Uh, an RKO on JD from the cage. Now, I'm sorry, but I think Gravity beat uh, JD <laughs> or Randy Orton in this one because JD just, like, flomped. But anyway, from there, the babyfaces fought their way back in the match, each delivering a signature offence for the American Nightmare, planted Damien Priest for a crossroad for the win. Victoria's babe faces stood tall and Irina greeted them win with the pop. We've got the copyright logo appeared on screen. But then old Triple H, like he did with DIY, Living Colors' cult of personality played over the PA system. And CM Punk 
will back onto WWE television as a wrestler for the first time in nearly a decade. The Chicago fans lost their shit. He didn't target anyone on Get Physically Involved, but it made for an extraordinary cliffhanger to close out the night show. So, <laughs> just a little bit to unpack there. Uh, so, first, we'll do the match. So, Gina, first up, the War Games matchup uh, and the storyline, of course, with Randy coming out as well. I thought this was, it was fantastic. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, actually. Even from the moment it just started off with Seth just not even waiting and launching himself at Finn. I mean, I just thought that was so Seth, but I loved it. You know, it just got straight into the heat of the match. You could feel the animosity between almost every wrestler in the ring. Everyone was kind of tied to a storyline in some way. So they all kind of had this, you know, heat and anger towards each other. And it was just a really, really good War Games match. And like you said earlier about the female match, sometimes War Games feels like it can go on for too long. But I, I didn't feel that with this one either. I didn't feel that with neither um, on this Survivor Series match card. So it was just really enjoyable to watch. And poor fucking JD. <laughs> you know he was there to take the worst of it. Like, there's always one. Like, and I, when I say there's always one, I don't even mean that in wrestling, you know. Because this takes me back to when I was you know, a teenager in school and all the boys that we used to hang out with and, and have in our year, there was always one fallout boy, bless him. Do you remember him, sis? I'm not going to say his last name, but his name was Zane. And bless him, he was just the one that took the brink of every oh. joke from all the boys. You know, he was the one who got the football in the face whenever the boys played football in the field. It was just like, even though he was considered one of the popular guys, he was kind of like, you know, the mascot. So that's kind of how I saw JD yeah. match the mascot, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> like I said, there's a lot to unpack. Cody in his first War Games, Randy. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've seen Randy Orton bigger when he came out. Like for him coming out, it's not like it was news that he was coming because it was announced he was going to join. They did play with, is he going to turn up? Is he not? He was obviously going to turn up. He was always going to turn up for that but paycheck. Again, you know? it, was, it was the story of the match building to the, it said that pop made even bigger yeah. because of it, you know? Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'll admit, I still even got goosebumps when I saw him coming out. So it was just so nice to see. And you could see that even in Randy's face when he was coming out, that he was just living in that moment there and then of just hearing, you know, the house stadium just roar for him. So it was just great to see him come in the ring. And there, I liked the little teases they did with, is he going to RKO Jay? Yes, is he not? Yes. You know, and then th there was that moment where it looked like he possibly was going to, but then Jay ended up saving him by kicking, I can't remember who it was, but someone in the face because they were about to hit Randy from behind. Yeah. So it was nice to see that. And they're like, okay, so we might not get that RKO to Jay just yet then because he just saved his ass. So, yeah, um, yeah it was it was a feel-good moment. And I am glad that they the faces got the win, not just because I, I predicted it, but also because of that pop that Randy had. If he would have come out and then they lost, I would have felt like such a deflation. <laughs> In you know my excitement, so it would have just kind of felt all for nothing. But um, I'm not going to talk about the la very last part. I'll wait no, for the we, others yeah. to talk about the the war games match before we go to that last part. 
But again, uh, I've got like thoughts and notes written down. You've just like ticked off two or three of them, so that's excellent. Uh, the only thing I would say is, Monty, we talked about this. Randy is clean shaven, so he'll's you know faces should look out when Orton is clean shaven. <laughs> He's got history. Yeah, man. We talk about his history, but like you mentioned, man, I don't think I heard reports that he had put on some weight. But you know, I think when you see it, you know, I think that that first time seeing and watching him walk, this is when you realize that modern day wrestlers, and this is not me being one of those guys. I don't really care about how big guys are as much as some fans do. But man, you realize just how huge Randy is. Don't you? <laughs> like, not only his height, like, he's always been taller than a lot of the guys, but now that he put on some extra muscle to it, it's just like, wow. And it put in perspective just how big guys used to be because when I was growing up, Randy was not necessarily the bigger, one of the bigger guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's considered small. So it's crazy when you look at him now and how he's just towering over uh, the other wrestlers. But it was fantastic to see him. You know, I, I love the drama, even though I'm, I'm just like you. I, I figured Randy was going to, of course, he's going to show up. You don't, you know, it, you know, I don't, I doubt they promote the show the way they did. Even if the uh, announcement Cody gave him kind of got cut off. <laughs> if he was watching live like I was when he was announcing it, uh, I, it was not the, he never said Randy's name, but yeah, it was obvious that he was talking about Randy. So, uh, but but I always thought I, I, I would have chuckled if like Ted DiBiase could have found a way out there. I know I know where he's at right now, but you know, what if, it, what if that would have been the pop? I just said it was a guy I shared my legacy with. I never said it was. Yeah, Randy. no, he, he he's in prison. So uh, again, exactly, can't get can't come. get Ted. No, Ted um, is not available unless Samu comes out for like a. Rebirth. Oh my god! I um, but we talk about Orton getting the biggest reaction. Dom got the biggest heel reaction. Yes. Again, was very, very interesting. Before um, he even got out the cage, he was getting booed. Yeah, it worked out. Like, and again, when the faces beat him up. But, uh, uh, Jack, see, this is what I liked about this matchup. Was it didn't, I mean, yes, we had a table and maybe a few weapon shots, but it didn't rely on, you know, the weapons or mm-hmm. everything. Like, it was the story of the matchup no. that played up exactly. to the crescendo at the end, you know? Exactly. It was excellent storytelling. Um, Exactly what uh, both Monty and my sister said, just to repeat, you know, for me, as soon as we heard that, that music, which we all knew would hit at some point, he was just making a dramatic entrance. Um, You know, instantly I was thinking, will he or won't he RKOJ? And there were a few moments there where he did. It was excellent storytelling and everyone involved just did so well at emphasizing, you know, the stakes at play for both sides, you know. So this was just great in itself, like both war games exceeded, in my opinion, uh, on that night. Yeah, without shadow of a doubt. So match wise, then we get scores for the match. Uh, Gina, what would you score this out for? You know what? I gave the other war games a, a five, so I'm going to do the same with this one because it was just as fun to watch. So I'll just give them both fives. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, Monty. Yeah, I gave it a uh, four. And, uh, yeah, I gave it the same one. I gave it the, the girl four and a quarter. So yeah, uh, Jaxie. Yeah, I gave this a five also. Yeah, really, really good stuff. So predictions, you all went faces, both final scores, James on three, 
Jaxi Montegina. What this means is that they all get a point. So annoyingly, Jaxi doesn't finish the year on just one WWE point. I mean, oh, that is just so fucking you know, what annoying. A way, uh, what a way to end the 500th episode with an epic win and at least one more notch on, yeah. on my belt for WWE. So I'm very pleased and gloating about this. And James, I'm so glad you lost. Well, fuck you. Uh, so, yes, I did lose. Uh, Monty annoyingly finished on the same points as me now on five. I don't know how. I smoked his ass most of the year, but Gina got the league win on seven points. So congratulations, Gina. You knew you had the win, but you win it unabated. Yay. This is news to me. I will take it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you won. Yeah, I can't. No, 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 I am. Uh, To be fair, I'd much rather have Gina win than the other two, right? And I'm being 100% honest there. I, well, I, I 100% that agree with that statement. I am so happy at, for you, sis. I really would... I, I'm very much happy. I would have been happy if Monty or Gina <laughs> won this. I would have been extremely bitter if James won this. So, uh, in my opinion, congrats, sis. I don't think this is about Gina winning. I think it's me. Yeah, this is Gina's time, by the way. Please, Gina. And we're just taking shots. Don't don't be that old haggard loser in the corner, all right? You started it. Who did? I didn't start this. Yeah, you actually did. And James, my I recall you might want to go back over the past year of podcasts and where you've reminded me point at like point blank and repeatedly how epically i'm failing within wwe so yes i definitely am very happy that you do not come out of the wwe prediction lead on top okay this is just just second just second uh but again it's not about us congratulations gina there you go well, thank you, thank you. I'll take it after you all just pitched and moaned because you were actually just more grateful at other people not getting it. So it's clear none of you saw me as a competition, and not this me. means next no, year Jackson I'm said you weren't competition. You all I'm not, I'm and you're all going me. Yeah, Jaxie said that at the start of the year. James, don't, James, don't stir shit. Don't stir shit, okay? Um, and sis, I actually just said I'm genuinely happy for you, but I'm also happy at the fact that someone who's reminded me, pointed me uh, every, for the past really year that I've lost WWE did not also win. Gina, I'm happy for you, even though Jaxie's not. All right? So I'll just put yeah, it there. Yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. Thank you. There we go. I'm the only one who genuinely showing some support. Good job. I genuinely just believe Monty is the one with the less bitterness in his voice. So I'll take that. Thanks, Monty. Yeah, it's only because he didn't lead on bonus. We'll wait to NXT, see what happens there. Uh, (laughs) Who knows? Wow, you are really emotional about I'm not. I'm fine. (laughs) God damn. Do Do you know what? I, is it because Drew lost or because you lost? No, and I've got to admit, <laughs> I, in the first time in eight years since doing the predictions, it's the first time I've ever lost the Division League, you know? So it's the first time someone else... That's why he's being so emotional, guys. So, I apologize for yeah, it. Yeah, fuck you guys. Uh, Not used so, to this. So anyway, <laughs> no, we'll move on. 
Let's talk about CM Punk. Uh, Gina, what do you think then? Because, I mean, a lot of people <laughs> have got an opinion. We're going to find out everybody's opinion. Start with you, Gina. Well, so many people lost their shit at this. And to be honest, I don't know why. I, do you know what? I feel a little bit torn because I don't know... I don't know if he's just annoyed me too much. And I don't necessarily want to say, like, this. everything that has happened is all his fault, you know? Like, I'm not saying that the whole issue with Jack Perry was all his fault. I'm not saying that even when he left the WWE, it was all his fault. We were excited to see him come back to AEW. And it's not that I'm bitter he's gone back to WWE, but it's kind of like, mate... I think you need to take some time off or time away again, to be honest, because I feel a little bit irked seeing you again. It's just like, it seems like he's, he seems like the WWE or the actual wrestling world's Karen. It seems wherever he goes, he makes a problem. And I just, I don't know why, but it, it more left a bitter taste in my mouth because I also had heard that WWE had made some cuts again. Um, but mainly to like production staff, like behind the scenes production staff that they made the cuts um, and an, an announcer on NXT. She got cut as well. Yeah, Mackenzie um, Mitchell, she will be missed. Mackenzie Mitchell. Yeah. Rip girl. But she'll move on to bigger and better things, hopefully. Yeah. But oh. again, me, <laughs> in, a, in, a, in, a, in a way, part of me felt a little bit sorry for them because part I I slightly thought well did they get rid of these people because they have to make way for the paycheck that they just got to keep cashing out to cm punk now you know um and it's not even you know bitterness about that and the paycheck is more a case of is he here to put younger stars over or is he going to come here and cause problems again like he did in AEW? so it did leave a bit of a bitter taste in my mouth seeing him come back because it also took away from randy's return in my eyes like, if, if you were going to do it, you should have saved it where there wasn't somebody else coming back after a long break. If Randy was gone for, like, one or two months, then fine, fair enough. But he was gone for a long chunk of time. So, for me, it took away from not only just Randy's return, it took away from the whole War Games match itself. And, like, I, to be honest, I was completely thrown from CM Punk's return that I completely had forgotten about the whole War Games match that just took place minutes before. So yeah, that's how I feel. I feel a little bit torn from his uh for from his return. I just hope he's going to be here and make some good, you know, good memories and good times for people rather than cause more dramas and Karen tantrums. Right. So CM Punk has torn you. We know this, Monty. What were your thoughts? Yeah, as someone who was uh who was very very tired of just the name. Of CM Punk for a while, I was genuinely uh, pleasantly surprised uh, about this, and uh, it was more so just because it was just cool to see it. It was just something I never really thought I would see, especially after uh, the way he exited WWE. I just thought it'd be too much pride. But again, uh, also in the back of my mind, even when we were talking about it before the show, I was like, you know, every every like it, when Brett came back or when. Or you're like, you just got on the list of all the people when it comes to WWE who left and had, who absolutely hated that place and they all ended up returning. Uh, so uh, uh, I always kind of had that in the back of my mind. So it was kind of cool to see, it was cool to see him in that environment. Uh, but 
I, I do understand what you guys are saying. But I, honestly, I had kind of been done with that once Tony got rid of him. I was just like, when it comes to AEW, that was the way the AEW story was told. And then, of course, no one is... Un- I thought Once I found out all the details, then it's just like, oh, okay. Then it's just... It's so many people we can blame if we really wanted to get into it. Of course, Punk has to take responsibility for everything he took part in and what he did, but... I just it's just so it's just not as simple as this guy was the problem and he couldn't do this and now see you know and I feel like if it was that simple maybe Triple H doesn't do this or anything and I still heard that it was a lot of apprehensiveness about about it when it comes to getting this done but honestly I still think it was a nice surprise I I think they could have ended the show fine and yeah the Chicago fans would have been mad but I think the show would have still went on other than the chance, and it would have been fine. We didn't need the surprise. But seeing CM Punk there and actually experiencing it and seeing the crossover attention it got, not to say it didn't get major attention when he came back to wrestling in general, because it did, but I've seen this everywhere. This was on BBC. This was on BBC News in the UK. Like, (laughs) headline news, man. About Again, my grandfather hates hates this stuff, and he's calling me telling me, "Oh, you know, you know, your guy punk back that punk back." He just loves saying that, letting me know that punk back, and I'm just like, "Yeah, no, I seen it." So it just shows you like the the avenues. Like I didn't really realize that it's people, and I'm not trying to say say this to shit on AEW, but it was literal people who didn't know where the hell he had been <laughs> talking about wrestling. Just like, "Oh, he's back. He's back in WWE." So anyway, it, again, I thought it was an awesome moment. I'll never forget the moment, but I'm still waiting to see what they can do. And then I started to think about the roster, and I thought if everybody plays ball, if Punk does the right thing, if everybody works together, because in this situation, I think we all know it's zero tolerance. Punk, you can't do nothing. You can't do anything. I feel like everybody knows that it's over. If Punk gets in any type of scuffle, he can get in a loud argument backstage, and he's probably going to be released on the spot. Right, right. He's probably going to get fired on the spot. So, exactly. So, if everybody work and play ball the right way, and he goes, stay out of the picture, like I talked about earlier, they can do a lot of stuff. This immediately freshens up, in my opinion, Roman Reigns' contender thing, (laughs) because he has history with Paul. Before you even have to get to the history with Roman or the fa- the history with Seth or, you know, the things that you can go into that with, you know, the possibilities down the line. And Punk has always been good at being face or heel. So I can see him, whether that means he's going to be challenging Cody at some point or whether that means he could be challenging Roman. You can see it on both sides. So it's just like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm If everybody plays nice and everything goes the way it's supposed to go, this could be special. So I can't wait to see how it happens, how it turns out. But, you know, anything can happen. I also saw a lot of people saying this, James. This will be over. He'll be done. He'll be out of there in four months. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> getting my hopes up. I mean, like... So, we'll see. Yeah, it, it's a bit weird. It, it reminds me a little bit of the Bray Wyatt return. And I know the Bray Wyatt thing had a horrible conclusion to it. But there was kind of so much hype on the debut that I've realized now... Like, yeah, like I said, this could be, he could be gone by Rumble. Who knows? It could um, be. But again, right. before I get my, <laughs> Jaxie, what about you? Because again, I know you're more on the side of Gina than Monty. Um, 
Yeah, I kind of a bit. I kind of agree with both of their opinions on this, to be honest. And I feel again a little bit torn. Um, I feel like there was like a little bit of me that was gutted with the overall performance we got of uh Punk in AEW, and feel like you know we were we failed to get some potentially great matches between you know some some great wrestlers on the AEW roster against. Punk. So I felt kind of gutted and cheated that we might not necessarily get to see more from Punk and really kind of felt another form of gutted thinking is this how things end in terms of in terms of his uh, sort of TV reign, you know, um, will he not like sort of like end things on on a better note. Um, so in a way, I'm kind of glad to see him on mainstream TV again. Um with potentially seeing some some things tied up within WWE. But at the same time, yeah, I felt like this took away from from not only Randy coming back, uh, but also just sort of like the ending of war games like this had absolutely nothing to do with him. So I could see why they did it, but at the same time, they didn't really need to do it then. So, But again, from, from my opinion, and again, I know I'm such a WWE fucking mark, but to have that happen especially with the stretch for Survivor Series to the Rumble being a couple of months, this kind of made me want to watch Raw the next day. You know, this kind of thing. I never thought CM Punk would be back in the WWE ring. Like, literally, the relationship with Chipotle... This is nine years to the week of CM Punk's podcast with Colt Cabana. And if you... I listened to it this week. And the way Punk talks about Triple H is like, it would never, ever happen. And Triple H says later on, <coughs> it's like lightning in a bottle to happen. So to ha- to have that, right. especially in Chicago, like they are taking a chance. You know, like Monty, you mentioned, like Triple H is taking a chance. But to have a punk come in who is motivated after this AEW run to be like, Do you know what? Let's see what happens. I mean, again, it could end in injury, it could end in, in whatever. But like him, this is someone said the other day, and I, I forgot about it. We could get Punk versus Stone Cold Steve Austin now at WrestleMania. You know, we, we could get that matchup. Like, I completely forgot everything and just thought, this is a Punk who was in WWE 10 years ago and now has come back. Forget everything else and let's just see how we get. And I know it might take away from Morton a little bit, but we're going to talk about Raw and SmackDown afterwards. And I think that's set out now where we're going to rumble, if you know what I mean. And again whether they do Punk and Rollins before Mania or leave it there. Like, there are so many options. I'm motivated seeing Punk. And I think he is now back to go you guys, you know, because why else would you do it? This is crazy. And even if it only lasts a month, at least we've got this return. Like, I just, I couldn't believe it. Like, the years of watching wrestling, especially on the podcast, it was the most shocking thing yeah. that I have ever seen. Uh, well, no, tell a lie. No, no, no. We didn't do. We weren't doing a pod when Undertaker lost his streak, so that would have been, you know. But this is right up there. Right. So, so I don't know, man. It's just like mixed, you know. It is mixed emotions to think. And again, how W presents someone. Punk coming back looks like a ten times bigger star than he ever did in AEW. And is that because of WWE or production value yeah. or what? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. It's, it's so weird. But I'm a punk mark, as you know, and to come back to WWE. Me too. You know, it's just like, God damn, I thought I was over it. 
And then I'm going, look in my eyes. <laughs> what do you see? <laughs> no, when that when that scratch happened, when the strap the static, oh, I was like, oh no, this is insane. They did it. I literally said yeah. that son of a bitch did it. Like, you know the gift of Leonardo DiCaprio when he's just clapping. Just I'm just like, God damn. Right. Like, well done, trips. Um what the hell? unbelievable. So anyway, talk about the show itself. Uh we've got match of the night. Uh, so uh, we've got match, rating, and MVP. So we do it all in. So Monty, start us off. What's your match of the night? Your MVP and your score out of ten. Yeah, my favorite match of the night was the girls' uh, war games. You know, again, uh, I thought that was a little bit better than the male one. Uh, of, of of course, barring like if you if you take out the surprise element of it. If you just look at what the matches were, I thought the girls worked, uh, had a little bit more, you know, to it, even if they didn't have, even if they had the set pieces while the guys kind of worked more on storytelling. So it just kind of like what you wanted. Like, do you, did you like some of the stuff you saw? I thought, I thought it was some moments in the girls match that were, that was pretty, pretty classic while the story of the men's match is classic in in its own way. So yeah, I, I went with the girls match. I thought they really, really killed it. Just to set, They set a beautiful tone. Who would be MVP of the night? Man, it's tough. It's tough to it's tough after that to be like who do who do you feel like gave the most or who do you like who do you feel like showed out the most? Again, they they you know I, I've heard it. I don't even know what the in, injury is at this point, but like when you return it from an injury that they said was possibly career ending and all of that type of stuff, you get that pop. Even if the thing happened after, you know was even bigger. I honestly don't think it, it changes anything. I'm going to give this MVP to Randy Orton. I really uh, was just happy to see him. It was just good to see him back and doing his thing. You know, he's a guy who was constant for such a long time. So when he was gone, you don't really risk Kind of like we do with Cena now. It's just hard to imagine these guys not being around. So when they – you take – you really take – don't you try not to take them for granted anymore. And I feel like that's how – that's where I am at this stage with Randy. I'm like, let's enjoy whatever he has going on for the next few years, if that if that, if it's that long. Yeah, right. So um, what would you rate in that five series? B Monty, last WWE show of the year. I think it was a really, really good show. Uh, I think overall I'll give it seven and three quarters based on just like my overall enjoyment uh, because most of the show I would say I had an idea would turn out the way it did. So I'm not going to say it took away from it. It still ended up being a very, very fun show and it, it did everything the way it was supposed to be done. Uh, but I would not say this was the best show of the year. They had some really good ones, uh, you know, earlier this year. But I really do think this is one of the strongest and stronger than their last one, but right before this one. So yeah, I thought this was cool. Yeah, uh, Gina, what about you? So your match of the night would it be the women's uh, war games? Yeah, definitely the women's war games. Not saying that it was better than the man's. Just like Monty said, you know, there's there was just different things that worked for each war games match. But some of the stuff that went down in the in the women's match had me more, you know, sort of saying, holy shit. Um, and I just enjoyed it a lot, a lot more, I think. So, yeah, ladies match. Um, again, it's going to be hard. I'm going to cop out with my MVP. I'm going to give it to Randy for his return and him getting the win. You know, um, it was nice to see him. And to be honest, when I first heard him come back, I was expecting him to do a return soon. But I didn't realize I had missed him or was as excited to see him as I was when he came out. 
Um, so yeah, I'll give it to Andy. And what would your score out of ten be? Um, overall, the show was quite good. It wasn't that long. Um, I enjoyed the matches that were on the card. Uh, so I'll give do you know what? I'll give it an eight and a half. I think it was all right. Yeah, and Jaxie, what about you? What would your match feel tonight? Um, yeah, I'm going to give it overall to the women's match. Um, kind of agree with everything that Monty and my sister said, so for the same reasons. Um, my MVP I'm going to give to EO because that trash can um, moment will not be leaving my memory anytime soon. Um, and I think she really shone. So I'm going to give it to EO there. Uh, overall, I'm going to give it an eight. I actually feel like both War Games matches succeeded my expectation. They got they worked really hard. Everything in between was just sort of like uh, decent and good for what it was. Um, you know, so I think an overall eight is a, a decent uh, score to give it. Yeah. Now, uh, for me, the match on the night is women. MVP Orton. I'm going to give it a nine and a quarter because you had two great matches there plus uh, a shocking return to made it worthwhile. Uh, we also had the press conference afterwards as well, uh, with Triple H taking the stage, saying, of course, it's the highest growing, grossing Survivor Series in history. Big return, which, is, of course, was our truth. But in all honesty, he said he was proud of Randy Orton coming back from surgery, and Punk's return was those lightning-in-a-bottle moments. He said a lot of time has passed and they're different people. He's a different person. Punk's a different person. And WWE is a different company. Uh, and not many people knew about Punk's return apart from Levesque and Nick Khan. Uh, and also interestingly, he mentioned how Jade Cargill's been off TV to no fault of her own, but she was limited. So <laughs> maybe shot there at AEW. Uh, Wing, wing, nerd, yeah, exactly. Yeah, what do we thought that is? And then Cody Rose took the stage as well, saying that if Punk can help where WWE's going, welcome aboard. He thinks his version is hungry, um, which again, then he gets emotional about Randy Orton as well. Press conference is always worth checking out. There's no doubt about that. And then finally, Raw. And again, I hadn't wanted to watch Raw as much in years. It was crazy. Uh, Randy Orton started a show. His pose got a huge pop. He said he had unfinished business with the bloodline. Judgment Day interrupted, leading to a match uh, with Orton versus Dom, which Orton did win indeed. And uh, also, we see Cody Rose declaring himself for the Raw Rumble with Nakamura being uh, provided a distraction and blowing mist in his face. So, Cody Rhodes was the one Nakamura had been uh, threatening in the video. We see Ivor and Bronson Reed meet for a fight with big meaty men slapping meat, ending in a double count out. Seth Rollins said um, they started to chant CM Punk. He called Punk a hypocrite and said he didn't want to spend a single second talking about him. Well, not till Mania. Anyway, Drew McIntyre marched to the ring. He said it was judgment for losing war games, which it was. And Drew wanted a title shot, but the visionary revealed he's defending the title against Jey Uso next week, which led to the Scott hitting him with a headbutt and busting him open a little bit. Uh, I think people who wear kilts shouldn't wear underwear. That's the official line. 
in Scotland, and my dad being Scottish knows that. So next time, Drew, no underwear. Um, CM Punk promo. Uh, the first thing Punk said was that it looks like hell froze over. He did say, though, that he was back home. I mean, <laughs> Jaxie, I mean, Punk has said a lot of things <laughs> in his time. But, I mean, to have the gall to say oh, he's back home, God, that... you know, like. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, oh, shut up, Punk. <laughs> you know, I. I'm sorry, but it's just it's it's not something that I was really interested in hearing coming out of his mouth. So it it can you couldn't help but warrant a, a eye roll from me. You know, I was kind of like, all right, hurry up, get get over and done with whatever you want to say. Then you know, he should have said, I've not been in a professional wrestling ring since leaving WWE in 2014. Or right, like that. that would have been a nice. Yeah, but I don't think fair. he can. I've 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 done some research through the interwebs, and it, he couldn't do much of anything when it comes to referencing them. So I think that was the pettiness. That's yeah. the most petty he was allowed legally allowed to be was to say that WWE is home. Well, he's not because... here to to make friends. He's here to make money. You know, like, like... <laughs> right. That's and how it... you treat. That's how you act at home, Andre. <laughs> and it's WWE also saying like it's a pipe bomb. Remember the pipe bomb. Like, everyone uh-huh. likes that. Like, best in, in the back, on the commentary, wherever where you go. It'd be interesting times. Like you say, the next time we do a pod, he might not be part of WWE. That's how crazy CM Punk is. <laughs> For SmackDown, Bailey didn't come out with damage control. She did like to try and help Kari in a match versus Belair, but it didn't work. Bobby Lashley beat a brutless butch. Logan Paul announced the US title tawny. Who does he think he is? Tony Khan? Uh, Kevin Owens is a favourite right now. Randy Orton was faced with a sign a contract with a blue brand or head to the flagship show Raw after getting his hands on Solo and Jimmy Uso with an assist by LA Knight. He chose SmackDown, needed to drop general manager Nick Holders for the RKO and said <laughs> to Roman Reigns, Daddy's back. Gina, can Randy Orton beat Roman Reigns for the title? I mean, that's where it looks like it's set for now. Oh, like I want to say yeah, but I don't believe it. Sorry, no. Um, I think <laughs> it's gonna. I think it's gonna be Cody or Jay in the in the end ultimately. So only because they they kind of like would have been building to it from the COVID era with the storyline between Roman and Jay. So it would be so nice if Jay was the one to do it. Um, and I can also see Roman being happy to drop it to a family member. Um as well, but I also think that there's that underlining beef between Cody and Roman still, so I think it'll be a really yeah. good feud, and Randy is going to like give us some great stories and feuds with Roman over the, the next few weeks for this, and I think that he'll build like a lot of, you know, backing behind him, so a lot of people will actually believe Randy can, can do it, but ultimately I think Roman will still get the win, and it'll be Cody or Jay to do it. Yeah, you're right. McIntyre is the right choice. Uh, so then <laughs> finally, what? I don't know. Everybody say McIntyre. Stop it. Finally, then, uh, the last thing we're going to talk about, Sunny. She has been a news story more often than not on this podcast, believe it or not. Uh, I'm sure all of you can remember a Sunny story. But unfortunately, her sentencing was November 27th. And prosecutors sought the maximum of 26 years in prison arguing such repeated offences made her a danger to society. 
Yeah, and you might know what she's done, but whilst drink driving, she accidentally, well, I say accidentally, on purpose, killed someone. Uh, the defence team called two psychologists who examined her during her incarnation, with each discussing Sitch's history of mental health issues and abusive relationship. They believe her background of various diagnoses, which include alcohol dependency and bipolar disorders, made a lighter sentence appropriate. S- uh, Sitch even offered a statement to the court in which she asked for another chance. The 50-year-old former pro wrestling valet covered much of the same ground as the defence, including how she never recovered from the death of her fiancé, fellow Chris, uh, wrestler Chris Candido, in 2005. She apologised to the family who attended the hearing and said if she could bring him back, she probably would. Uh, she cited positive work was done in the past, work would make a wish, and she'd work to educate young people on the dangers of drinking and driving moving forward. The judge, after hearing that, sentenced her to 10 years for driving without suspended license according to an injury and, or death and seven years for a DUI manslaughter to be served consecutively. Afterwards, she remain in probation for eight years. Her sentence includes 50 hours of community service $10,000 fine and a permanent revocation uh, of her license. So Sonny is going away for a long time. Monty, I mean, it's a tragic way, you know, but at this point, it looks like Sonny was only going to go one way. Can others learn a bit like Jackie Gader of this problem, you know? Yeah, that's what you hope. That's what you hope. You know, like a coffin tale type of situation when it comes to that. And uh, I just, I, the crazy thing about it is in, in this court system, she got she got off kind of, she got off lucky, man, when you think about her track record and all of that. Like, I know I know that many years in a prison or in a jail don't sound like luck, and I'm with you, but uh, believe it or not, with her circumstances, it's, it's other people would have gotten worse. So, uh, but, uh, like I said, I'm with you. I hope that other wrestlers or other people in general just don't have to be wrestlers, don't have to be people. Uh, I, I had, I've had, uh, I've been, I've had family have alcohol problems or dependency and stuff like that. So, you know, I understand how this can turn or how bad or how hard these issues are to face. So, you know, when you think about that and then you just think about the life that she lived and like the choices that she made. You know, uh, I hope that not only she can she use the time in her particular situation to not only sober up and just, you know, you know, you know, make changes and be the positive role model about drinking and driving. But also, like you said, I hope it keeps other people that we know of, wrestlers, whoever it is, uh, you know, and it shows you the dangers because that's always the risk you take when you do stuff like that. And uh, yeah, man, it's just it's unfortunate though, because like that uh, a career that in my it's funny, Sonny's story from my from my point of view as a child was pretty much complete as I was growing up. Like I remember her going in the Hall of Fame. It's just almost like a, ever since mm-hmm. them calling her and finally putting her in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Every other year after that, it seemed like she was you know doing better. Every other year after that, you hear worse, worse, worse. So. You, in some situations, jail is, is helpful because it keeps you, you know, sober or away from certain things and stuff like that. So, you know, maybe this would be one of the situations where she can actually rehabilitate. But, you know, no one wants to do it in jail. So, I don't know. I just wish her the best. And like you said, I wish 
everyone the best in the future when it comes to handling these issues. Because I, I, I'm sympathetic, but at the same time, you know, this is this is what she earned. Well, this is the thing. And if you look at someone like Shawn Michaels, I mean, no connection to Sonny, of course, wink, wink. But mm-hmm. look at what he went through with the correct support system. Mm-hmm. The people there, you yeah. can get through it, you know. So, like I said, it is important to talk about. Um, but, man, we ended on that after starting with songs. Do you know what I mean? Like, we we have literally hit everything. You love doing that, by the way. <laughs> you love... Bumming everybody out, out, everybody out on the way out. Remember that finishing with the Chris Benoit story once. That was the best. That, that was the best. Thing. And you said his name. Oh, great. All right. I was in on the Oh my word. Redacted. Yeah, yeah, we got that. Um, well, that is it, and that will be, you know, like I said, it's come to an end. Um, <laughs> the episode, I mean. My God, I'm gonna try and be more positive in a minute. But don't what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's end. It's the end, everybody. All right, five hundred. Uh, don't forget, we're across all social media: Twitter at the Dublin Podcast, Dublin at Dublin JR. You can find the entire Dublin team on the Twitter banner. Monty, where people find and listen, subscribe, like, review, and all the other shit. All right, like you said, at my Monty Pod on on Twitter, on X, or in your bio. You go there. You go to click the link in my bio. You can. Connect to me any way you want to. Uh, we are working on, I'm brainstorming uh, new ideas for my weekly podcast to be back up and running. I'm not sure if I'm going to wait until January post-Raw Rumble or am I going to uh, figure something out before the year here to wrap up this year. But, uh, yep, we have that coming. Just keep a lookout on my uh, Twitter. So, yeah. Yeah, without doubt. Uh, Jack C, what about you? You can find me on both Instagram and Twitter at Jaxie Skyler. And finally, Gina. You can find me on both at Purple Pain. The Dublin Awards on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, all Google platforms and this email the Dublin Podcast at gmail.com. YouTube and other podcasts where we'll like clips. Podcasts got the same time on YouTube as do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it our next episode is next weekend with nxt update until then i've been james rollins and i was joined by the fantastic jaxi scarlet now jaxi i know we've thrown a lot of shit to each other but i want you to know Ooh. how i really feel about you and i think i have yeah and how's that no i think i have through the way i've treated oh. you in the past this episode yeah you know, i mean, fair, I mean- <laughs> feelings mutual you know so yeah we've done well we've done well we've lasted this long so let's yeah. let's yeah. just you know, kind of leave it like that but yeah uh thank you for everyone for joining us on our 500th episode uh it's been fun yeah uh and of course the mind of monty now monty i'm glad you stuck with the show after i declared my love for you about two hours ago gotta let gotta let you down easy <laughs> off air <laughs> you'd be like look here chum uh, uh, you know buddy let's have a little <laughs> you know, buddy old pal oh, buddy old pal uh, that's the problem Monty you're probably getting more English being with English people here so you probably you know people think you're yeah. you get off the pod you know people would be like call blind no. they'd be like Monty what are you talking like <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I, I scared my wife. I was like, I was gutted about something. And she was like, what? What is that? What the hell is that? See, no, I'm, I'm just... I'm just... <laughs> that's what and of course... The English is rubbing off on me. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the genius of Gina, the winner of the WWE Prediction League 2023. Congratulations, Gina. Thank you very much. I like to see myself as an underdog, so I want it for all the other underdogs out there. I'll wear my uh, crown with pride, and I've tipped it right back up so it's no longer tilted to the side. (laughs) And people people ask what's next. Well, sharing horizons that are new to us, watching the signs along the way, talking it over to four of us, working together, day by day together and when the evening comes we smile so much of life ahead we'll find a place where there's room to grow and yes we've only just begun thanks for listening and bye <laughs>